Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome nerd. Now generating episode 84. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in three, two, one. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Dan. This is the Amazing Nerd Show. Christian. If I see another Snyder Cut article, I'm going to pull my eyes out of my fucking head. You know, I I don't want to alienate any of our audience, but Jesus Christ, people, let it go. (laughs) It's not even a real thing. That's what kills me. Yeah, It's not going to happen. It's not like something that's sitting in a vault right now. It's just on pieces, and they would have to actually like be like, "Oh, let me show you a better version of the movie." Like they have to admit to like just fucking up, you know, if it is actually a better version of the movie because we don't know. So that's what drives me crazy about it. I think the only way like they would... feel like it's like in a safe somewhere, like uh-huh. in an executive's office, like and they're protecting and hiding it from the public. It's just not. It's not. It's not going to happen, <laughs> you know. Um, it'd be a lot of money for them if it did, you know, and I'm actually, I'd be curious to see it, but it's like every week I feel like there's like four articles on it, you know, and they all say the same fucking thing (laughs) pretty much like Mm. it's not going to happen. You know, this would be great and we've heard rumors, but it's not going to happen, you know? So, and I don't know if it's just like slow news weeks or something like that, but I swear to God this week, I've seen like four articles and listened to a podcast talk about it. Like we are right now. So yeah, I guess we're just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do uh, you want to see a Snyder Cut? No, because I don't know what, why would I want to see that? I was, well, that's my thing. Like I'm not a huge fan of what he was doing with, you know, the DC universe mm-hmm. at that point anyway. Um, I'd be curious to see his version of the movie. But, like, I, there are people who are obsessed. Like, people are taking out ads at San Diego Comic-Con for it. Like, release the Snyder Cut. Like, that was... It was, like, plastered all over the I'm place. I'm rolling my eyes for, yes. for audio listeners. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't get it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for fans being passionate. Don't yes. get me wrong. It just feels like such a lost cause at this point. You know? So, Obviously, they thought... You know, we need to change so much that, I mean... They brought in another... I mean, he had, like, there's some family stuff that happened and everything, so I don't want to downplay that, but they were not happy with what was going Mm. on prior to that. So there's definitely a reason why, you know, they brought Whedon in a board and they didn't bring back Zack, you know? So I just, I don't need the Snyder Cut, and I I just don't want to, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Mm. Like, I feel like they've moved on, you know, but the fans just haven't. You know, and I feel like they we're seeing, you know, some fucking good shit on the horizon from them. Like I'm I'm excited for what they have to offer. You know, I, I'm excited for Aquaman too, goddammit. You know, and I thought I would never say that. You know, <laughs> Christian's shaking his head no, but I'm excited for it. You know, I can't wait for Wonder Woman to come out. Yes. You know? Uh Suicide Squad. 
Yeah, there's a lot. Joker, for crying out yes. loud. You know, that's probably the, my most anticipated movie for the rest of the year. You know, well, okay, Star Wars. But, you know, <laughs> second's got to be Joker. You know, so I... I I'm, just, a little, I'm a little annoyed that they felt the need to confirm that Harley Quinn would be in Suicide Squad. I thought that was weird, too. <laughs> like, I was like, is this a real article? Because like, I always thought she was... Spo- I guess there was a rumor out there, though, if you read the article, like, that she wasn't going to be part of it. I'm like, that huh. makes no sense. You know, like, she's one of their biggest, like, attractions yes. right now. Even though the first movie wasn't great, why would you take her out of that? The The residuals and the money that they made off the costumes and toys after that yeah. movie... She's millions, you know. You know, and that it's a guaranteed box office for her if they, you know, for them if they feature her. You know, all you have to do is just pretend the first movie didn't happen. You know, you don't even have to reference it. Mm. So there's no there's no reason not to include her. And I know, like you know, James Gunn wanted to kind of you know do his own thing, but I don't see why he wouldn't want her aboard. She she feels like the perfect character for him. So well, you can even like frame it in a way where it's like, oh, we're you know we're part of the Suicide Squad. We do these missions all the time. Yeah, you know, that's, it's like... it. that's <laughs> it. Literally, that's all they have to do. No one would be upset about that, you know, at all. So, but all right, enough DC. They're actually <laughs> we don't have any news stories about DC no. this week, but we do have a lot of news to get into. It's a huge show, um, but before we do that. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review on all your favorite podcast platforms. Um, we're on everything. So yes. show us some love. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. All right. Let's get into the news, Damon. It's time for some Star Wars. It feels like it's been quiet lately yes. on Star Wars fronts, but we've got D23 in like two weeks. Mm. So I think we're going to start getting more and more Star Wars news. The cracks are leaking. Yes, exactly. And today we got a big story. Uh, confirmed, Ewan McGregor has signed on to lead an Obi-Wan series for Disney+. Plus. Insert hello there. so um this was definitely this was rumored as going to like they were talking about this being a movie at first yes um but then you know solo happened and they're like (laughs) you beat me too i was gonna say the same thing (laughs) but then they're like nope let's pump the brakes we're not doing any more uh, Uh, one-off movies uh but I think this works as a Disney Plus series mm -hmm. um it makes sense now what story would you tell with obi-wan um, I'm not sure. Are we gonna get like something like basically a tweener, like you know what he was up to between Revenge of the Switch? Well, that's what I, I'm assuming is going to be. It's what's going to be about, obviously. Yeah. But I'm I'm just thinking, do you have them redo the mall fight where he's an old man and fights? Well, I think the mall fight too is pretty much goes right up to where A New Hope yeah. started. You know, maybe I mean, that's by a good year series ender. You could do that, um, you know, and it makes me almost. And I enjoyed Rebels, I did, and I enjoyed that sequence. But it almost makes me wish like that didn't happen because you mm-hmm. could have a lot more going on between Maul and him. You know, like Maul hunting him and everything like yeah. that, and have that be a bigger sequence. You know, a bigger chapter of Obi Wan's life because in the show, Maul just kind of shows up yes. and they battle, and it's very quick. It's effective, but it's quick. Um, so I, you know, they, they definitely have a story there that they could flesh out if they wanted to, but, um, do you have them fight inquisitors? Yes. You definitely utilize the inquisitors. I, I, w- I would definitely like, you could have him trying to hide, 
you know, Luke and his family, you know, and having mm. to deal with, you know, you know, the, the Empire, like, hunting them. You know, I don't know if that could take you, you know, multiple seasons, but, you know, I feel like that would definitely work. So, and just, like, how he's, like, where he's at mentally after everything that happened, after the events of, you know, the Revenge of the Sith and everything. You could use uh, young Anakin in, like, flashbacks mm. and shit, you know, bring back Christian uh, Hansen. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that works. But uh, there's plenty of story there. So there's, God, how many years in between those two movies? Quite a few. Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sky's the limit. And it's really just like a fucking you know, blank canvas for them. So, I mean, besides what we got with the Maul battle, I really not much is known mm-hmm. what he was up to at that point. So that'd be fun. Yeah, you could totally have him like cutting down fucking tons and raiders and shit in the mm-hmm. desert. You know, I'd watch a whole episode of that. So yeah. I could see him helping out like um, the Organas. Okay, like running if you have like a little mission for a little stuff, bit, yeah, like working behind the scenes. I mean, it would make sense why like Leia is so you know all about like reaching out to him yes. in a new hope if he has been still kind of on the grid and like you know working for them on the side. Um, so I mean, like I said, I mean the possibilities are endless, yes. really. So and I'm sure we'll hear more about you know the series at D twenty three. God, do you have Kid Luke? I'm sure they will. Uh-huh. It only makes sense if he interacts with them at some point. So, I mean, they definitely could do that. I don't want, like, Obi-Wan babysitting and shit. I don't need that show. <laughs> well, he is Uncle Ben. He is much. Uncle Ben, right? Uncle Ben. Yeah, no. He, he is Uncle Ben. So they have to have... They do need to establish some relationship. Yes. But, you know, I don't want them to do anything cheesy where, you know, they're really... Like, you know, like, oh, he's he's the chosen one, you know, where, like, Luke is kind of, like, showing off, like, powers that he's really, like, you know, strong with the force. I want it to be, like, a snotty Luke that just goes dark all of a sudden. (laughs) And then Obi-Wan needs to, like, explain, like... Teaching him lessons. Yes. On, you know, the force without actually teaching him about the force. Mm -hmm. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't want too much, like, Kid Luke... So, but oh, me I don't I'm sure we're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we got more Star Wars news, though. Uh, so there was just a little bit of an update about the two other planned trilogies. Uh, we have the Game of Thrones guys. Uh, just some clarification, I guess. You know, before when they were reporting things, and I feel like this is this story's been reported like many different ways, and there's been, I, I think we've talked about many different mm-hmm. like because I heard like Ryan Ryan Johnson and the 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 Game of Thrones guys yes, were actually we're working, working together. together at one point. I think that's supposed to be like on an Old Republic trilogy. Yes, and, I, and that still might be a thing for mm-hmm. them. Um, but it sounds like this report is saying that they're actually two separate trilogies again. Okay, um, that's a lot of Star Wars. But uh, it sounds like the Game of Thrones guys, they're not going to be writing all the scripts. They're going to—they're on board for one script. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoyed that show up to the last season, okay? But I guess they were using, what's his name? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Martin's, you know, book. So, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. Um, but they are going to be only doing one of the scripts for the movie. I'm guessing probably the first one and then they're kind of writing like an overview for the trilogy. Mm. Um, and then that's it. So I know they just like signed a huge deal with Netflix, I believe, 
recently. So I don't know if that kind of changed things for them, like developmentally wise, like, you know, with this project. So, or if like, you know, Disney was trying to like, yeah, it's okay. You could you just do one script, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll handle the rest. Uh. Um, but then uh, Ryan Johnson, which I feel like this is kind of old news, but I mean, it's been making its way around, you know, the internet right now. Um, you know, doing the rounds, but it, they're saying that he is going to be definitely stepping away from like the original legacy characters, um, which I felt like that was already established. So I, I think it's more news because I, I swear to God, we talked about it on the show that they were going to be working together, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and maybe that's still a thing where they're just like, you know, trading notes or something. But I thought it was like on like a trilogy where they're just, I don't know. I don't know. But God knows. I mean, we're getting, a, a, you know, different stories. And I mean, if you have them Reddit working, rumors every week. So. If you have them working on the past and him working on the future, and they're kind of like, you know, hey, if you put this in place here, then it affects my story here. And that's kind of like little connections that help build this entire universe. Mm-hmm. Then I'll be, you know, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Anyway. And this is... So, you know, he says in Sarley, he's talking about... Um, and this is actually on Collider, I believe... That he's looking forward to moving forward, you know, with the Star Wars universe. And, you know, without those, you know, legacy characters, he's going to be still trying to, like, capture the essence of, you know, the Star Wars universe. So we'll see if he can pull it off. Um, But, yeah, it sounds like he's going to be working on the future while the Game of Thrones guys probably are going to be working on the past. Um, If they can handle it. If they can handle it, yeah. It's crazy, because we're so gung-ho when wow. that was reported at first. Like, yes, this is perfect. And now we're like, eh, maybe not so much. <laughs> the uh, cinematography's beautiful, so, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's good. It looks great. <laughs> but, uh, the next story, I think, was, like, the coolest to me, mm-hmm. which was um, John Williams will have every iconic Star Wars theme in the next Star Wars film, Rise of Skywalker. Yes, so they're going to be doing almost, like, I guess they're going to be, like, I don't know, like hinting at different themes throughout the movie. Um, just, you know, f- callbacks, you know, if you will, of, you know, all the past themes that they've had, which is, you know, makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope all it's I not need too ham-fisted. Yes. And the throne room. That's How do you think I they're going to use Duel of Fates? I have no idea. Like, Maybe that better be like the climax. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yes. <laughs> Between like fucking Ray and Ren. Oh my God. That would be great. Um, yeah, that's that's all I want, really. <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> so, um, yeah, his brother, I believe, actually uh, came out with this. So it's going to be... Um, what a dick. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. This sounds like something the studio would want to uh, like do a presser for, but, you know, whatever. So, yeah, he uh, claims that while his brother is just starting work on Rise of Skywalker, the score will include every notable Star Wars theme. Uh, we've done four days and we've just scratched the surface. I think we've got something like 34 minutes in the canon at this point. <laughs> but I can tell you that every theme that you ever heard is going to be um, compiled into this last compiled into this last effort. So, yeah. Um, it sounds like it's not going to be, like, you know, overtaking hmm. the movie, though. He said, um, you know, it will be part of the larger score, but will only, like, appear for, like, little segments. Now, you don't think this is, like, them in that dimension where they're looking at all the past events, and when they're looking at each... They're not going to do a montage scene. 
<laughs> if that's what you're getting to. I hope not. I don't think they're going to go that route. But like they, that's like just anti- JJ phoning it in. If that <laughs> so, but yeah, like I said, we're going to get tons of Star Wars news in the next mm. couple weeks and Marvel news. Uh, but moving on to Marvel, uh, it sounds like Marvel's announced Tulu shows, uh, Ghost Rider and Hellstrom, will actually be linked together as one show. Um, and it'll be called Adventure Into Fear. So how do you feel about that? I was hoping for them to have separate shows, but I mean, they work very well together. Yeah, like do you think it's going to be two separate stories though? Um, I think it could be like they're having their own adventures and they kind of just intertwine by the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it would be interesting to see those characters work together. Like maybe like Hellstrom is kind of like directing Ghost Rider on missions or something like that, or they're teaming up. Either way, um, I but think. I took it at first as them, you know, like two separate, like you mm. know, the you know the Midnight Suns Hour or something like that. So, um, but yeah, um, it's either way, it's probably going to be them up against Mephisto in some form. Yeah, you know? and you know Jeff Loeb, and we've got more, you know, Marvel TV stories. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, Marvel Studios TV, Marvel TV, you know, the people who brought you fucking S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Defenders and everything. They've been, like, all over the place this week. Um, Jeff Loeb, and it sounds like it's all taken from, like, one interview, but everyone's, like, reporting a different part of the interview. Um, So Jeff Loeb has come out and said that Marvel Television will have their own slate on Disney+. Plus. So while, yes, we're getting the MCU shows, you know, out there with, Mm. you know, uh, Scarlet Vision and Hawkeye and, you know, Winter Soldier, um, you're also going to be getting Disney Plus shows from them. Um, It sounds like he's trying to save his own job. (laughs) To me. He's not going to be leaking bullshit, though. True. Like, he he basically said it's just not announced yet. So maybe you, you don't believe him. <laughs> you call Jeff Loeb a liar? <laughs> um so He's like shit, they're putting out shows now. Yeah. That screws me over. <laughs> I don't think he would do an interview like this though. He basically teases the Marvel Knights, which is something that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot more characters in that universe, in that little corner of the Marvel universe that he could play with. Um, you know, and he said, you know, some of them, some of those characters appeared on Netflix, but there are others that live in that category that are still to come. So, and, you know, people right away start talking about like Moon Knight, Mm -hmm. you know, characters like that, um, which seems like a perfect fit. I would just be surprised if they put that on Disney Plus, though. That feels like it would be more of a Hulu, you know, series just because it's, you know, darker. You know, we did have a story that came out last week that ABC is looking to do, like, a female-led, you know, mm-hmm. hero show um, once Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. goes off the air. Um, so, you know, that would definitely fall probably underneath the umbrella of, you know, Jeff Loeb and, you know, Marvel Television. So, I, I don't know. I Once again, D23 is right around the corner. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we get some kind of announcement or some idea of what they're going to be doing. Do you think with that announcement, they say this is all connected finally? I don't know, because, I mean, what, they they did in the past actually say it was connected, but mm. they never really connected him, you know, in the Maybe story. they'll say this is going to be more integrated than ever before. I would be fine with them saying it's not connected, honestly. I would be okay with that, you know. I think the only issue I would have is if it means that, you know, Marvel, the MCU, would not want to touch characters that are already Well, that's what I would assume. 
Like, I kind of like the formula DC has where, like, yeah, you had, you know, a Flash TV show, but they were able to say, okay, well, here's Flash, you know, in the Justice League. You know, it's a separate character, Mm -hmm. you know, separate concepts. You know, it could be two separate things. I think fans can handle that. They can, but I've walked out of movie theaters with people completely confused. There's a lot of idiots in the world is what you're telling me. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. And maybe they feel like it won't be as exciting if they introduce, you know, a character here and not, you know, and then have them reintroduced in the, you know, cinematically. But I'm just okay with it being separate. Like, if you're, if Kevin Focke's not on board with it, then it's just not going to work regardless. Mm -hmm. And we saw what that looked like before, where, like, you know, fans were clamoring clamoring for them to just you know a little nod you know in any of those movies and they just refuse to do it so like i think they probably learn from their mistakes unless you know he said no these are the characters you can do and this is how you're going to use them you know i'll oversee you know you know and i will accept these characters in my you know sandbox but you know you have to do it this way and this is who you can play with Mm -hmm. you know that's the only way i see him doing it but from all the rumors, it sounds like, you know, that department, Marvel TV, does not get along with the MCU guys for some reason. Foggy just has no interest in them. So it's disappointing because, I mean, God, how many times do we fucking, like, script the Defenders showing up, <laughs> <laughs> you know, before Infinity War and everything? Just an alley. All I needed was one alley. Yes, that's all we need. <laughs> that alley scene of them fighting, you know, some aliens. That would have been fantastic. Not even cuts. Just a camera panning over it. None of the characters even have to acknowledge it. Yes, that would have been great. But no, never happened. So, um, is there any Marvel Knight characters other than Moon Knight you'd like to see? You know, or any Marvel characters in general? Hmm. You know, because once again, they brought up Miss Marvel in this, you know, which I still want to see her in the MCU. Yeah. So, I know, sh- not that she's I, a Marvel Knight character. There's so many that I want to see bona fide in the MCU. Yeah. Not on this level. That's what TV makes me level. hesitant about it. You know, like, it's like, okay, well, I, I, it'd be cool to see a show, but mm. if that means I'm not going to get them in the MCU, then I don't want it. Like, if, if Blade wasn't announced, I would have said Blade would have been a great he one. He feels like he'd make the perfect mm. character for that. Um, you know, for that, you know, kind of, you know, TV project. So, um, he's definitely, you know, worthy. His story could work in a series. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I don't know, though. I really, I mean, Moon Knight's definitely one, but then, like, I just don't want that to mean that we're not going to get a Moon Knight movie. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like Moon Knight's definitely not going to be a Disney Plus show. I feel like that would you know, be a Hulu show where they could be a little edgier because I don't want to see a watered-down Moon Knight. That's mm-hmm. just not going to work for me. So, so we'll find... Gw- Gwenpool? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, though. Like, yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Uh, I could see Deadpool, though, having Gwenpool show up. Yes. You know, I could definitely see that being a thing. You there know? was a cover this... We're not going to talk comics, but there was a cover this week where Gwenpool is showing Peter's face and people are taking photos. So I'm like wondering if that's actually canon or just a cover. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think that would be. That would not be the way he re- reveals uh, his, his identity in the Marvel Universe. I mean, God knows they went, you know, through so much to get that fucking, you know, back in the bag. You know, they had to go through fucking Mephesto for crying out loud. Um, but yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, like I said, lots of announcements coming yes. out of D23, I think. 
So, um, what else do we have, Christian? Well, on the horror spectrum, uh, we had some bad news for The Hunt. Um, they're going to be, uh, I think, is it just canceling the release completely? Or I think they're shelving it for right now. Yes. Um, with everything that happened the last couple of weeks with the two mass shootings, yes. just fucking horrible. Um, they Universal has chosen to shelf the movie right now because it had some like political like undertones mm-hmm. and everything. So they felt like a better play it safe than sorry. Um, you know, I'm sure part of it too, unfortunately, is because of, you know, uh, President Dumbass's speech about, you know, blaming, you know, uh, video games and movies and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so I'm sure this will solve everything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't like to get political, but <laughs> the fact that we can't see this movie, but we can still go to a gun store and buy a fucking gun with a library card right now. It's ridiculous to me. So, but whatever. <laughs> Let's USA. move on. Um, I'm sure this will probably end up. Maybe, maybe they Netflix it. You know. All right. I hope it still get a what release. What was the movie with Seth Rogen? Oh my Korea. god! Um, I've seen that. The interview. The inter- and then they ended up. They ended up releasing it yes. like a couple months later on Netflix. Um, it was on YouTube as well. All streaming services. So I really? actually, the, when it came out, I bought it on YouTube. Oh, okay. I watched it. Was it any good? No, it was hilarious. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it's disappointing. Mm. I mean, we definitely were looking forward to it, but it is what it is at this point. I mean, you can't really blame Universal for making the choice that they did. So, um, all right. So, speaking of movies, Christian, you saw a movie this yes. week. I did not get a chance to because life happened. Um, but Christian took one for the team. Not that it's a bad movie, but <laughs> uh, he will be writing solo yes. this episode. With this I review. saw scary stories to tell in the dark. Some people believe if we repeat stories often enough, they become real. They make us who we are. That can be scary. Eat it, Harold. And now, our feature presentation. All right, so Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is uh, the story of Sarah Bellows um, and her evil book that she pretty much was like telling stories to like children outside, the do- outside their house. And like, um, I guess... Their family owns a mill, and the mill's been poisoning the town. So all this, like, all this stuff around Sarah Bellis's family. But the main story follows, um, we have these four teenage kids on Halloween. They find her book, and it starts writing stories. That's pretty much the main premise. Okay. Stories so, that come to life. This is directed by Andre Overdell. Yes. Um, and this is produced by Mr. Del Toro. Yes. Um, and it is based off the popular storybook by the same name uh by eldon schwartz and uh stephen gamel mm-hmm. so um great artwork did you have this book as a kid yes i, I own the we... first one and the second one okay and th- this book truly gave me nightmares mm. as a child so i was super <laughs> excited to see this movie when it was announced um rightfully so christian <laughs> <laughs> for the most part i mean I think you said it best when I was describing uh, what the film was about off mic was maybe this was 
targeted more towards a younger audience. And I, going in with all the marketing, was thinking, oh, this is straight horror. You know, it's going to mm-hmm. be a horror film based off of the book and all the stories that are in it. Okay. Um, I mean, it takes that kind of... Do you mean of, like more of like an adult horror Yeah, movie? I mean, for the, like, I was thinking more kind of closer to Conjuring than to Goosebumps. Okay. You know, um, Goosebumps takes, it's like, has some punches, but it's not like anything, you know, scarring. And I'm not a, a goosebumps is like a generation, yeah. <laughs> you know, after base. So. And I'm not talking fucking Jack Black goosebumps. I'm talking traditional. Okay, because that's pretty much all I know. Like I didn't read the books <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> so I mean, goosebumps is it around? It like theme wise and everything like that. Like, do you put in the same category as the original scary stories? Like, it's it's similar. I mean, it's definitely more childlike. Like the books were definitely more like for kids. So okay. Yeah, scary stories. It was weird because mm-hmm. it felt like you shouldn't be reading exactly. it as a kid. <laughs> like you found like one of your like parents like horror books or it something. It was weird because it was sold in Scholastic for yes. me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, so that's how I got it, and it was like you felt like wrong for reading it, mm-hmm. and you were terrified at the end of it usually. So, and I mean, the art alone is just—I mean, that I mean, I understand why you know Del Toro was attracted to this project and everything. I mean, they're great stories. But the artwork and everything. Yes, it's definitely way up his wheelhouse. Yes. And you can see that kind of love for monsters within this film. Mm-hmm. As well as um, character design for like Harold and um, the woman from the Red Room and everything. is It's like disgusting. Yeah, you know? and it's pretty spot on mm-hmm. with the artwork. So I was really impressed by the trailers and everything. No, I think like all the practical effects used in this film was fa- phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think where things get like it gets hokey with like... The kind of child antics, like the Red Room storyline is um, one of the kids, he has this constant dream where he's in this Red Room uh, and he's getting cornered, pretty much. And so the woman keeps showing up wherever he turns a corner. Uh-huh. And what happens, and spoilers, is that he like runs down one hallway, there she is, mm-hmm. turns around. Runs down towards another hallway. She's, of course, in that hallway. Turns left. She's in that hallway. Turns right. She's in that hallway. Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps happening. And okay. she's getting closer and closer. But it's the most drawn out thing ever. And the climax of it is him just getting absorbed by her body. Okay. So there isn't anything, for me, that wasn't scary. There wasn't... There wasn't enough payoff. It was payoff. so slow. There wasn't enough payoff for it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how all the stories kind of end. Where it's like, you know what's about to happen. It's not going to show you anything that could really, like, punch you like or, like, or have, like, a jump scare effect for you. Okay. It's just kind of, like, bad things happen, and then the next story starts. Interesting. So you didn't like the way the scenes were kind of, like, built. Yeah. You know? For me, that's how... The visuals worked, but it wasn't, like, um, like... And parts of the CG were a little shaky at times. Okay. Where, like, even, like, you could tell, like, him morphing into the body looked a little weird. Okay. Um, the jangly man... Uh, I'll his, take you out of a movie, too. Yeah. CG the jangly guy. man, like, is trying to force himself through um, prison cell bars. And it's just, like, morphing his face a little weirdly. To me. Okay. You know? Uh, where I mean, that's enough to mm. take you out of it, though. It really is. And so. it, the design looked way better in the trailer, I feel, for the jangly man than it did. It, he's the one that, like, uh, shows up, yes. and, like, screaming. That and, final you know, trailer they mm. did, yeah, right? Um, 
So like, in, so you didn't feel like they built enough like suspense with those yes. scenes when they actually introduced the stories, mm-hmm. you know? Now, did like were the kids going through these stories together, or were they kind of like isolated um, events? At first, it was an isolated event because they didn't know what was going on, and then they're like kind of together, just trying to under- unravel the mystery mm-hmm. behind it, and like how do we stop it and stuff like that. How did you feel about the backstory where they're trying to t- tie all this together? Because I originally thought it was mm-hmm. going to be like an anthology story where like you know you're basically getting kind of like you know a Twilight Zone type deal or you know a creep show if you will where you're getting like just individual stories that might like loosely tie together but not really. I mean, it seemed like kind of your typical fair. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, Sarah Bellows is this girl who has kind of like this fam like this rich family that controls a paper mill. They've been dumping like their chemicals into the water mm-hmm. and of course that's poisoning the town. And you know, while like they're they're basically taking that scandal and just blaming it on the rumors about the daughter Sarah. Okay, so like, she's the one who who wrote the book. Yes. Okay. So since she's a little off and she's a little weird, they decide to put all the blame on her, like saying, "Oh, she's cursing the town and all like this she's stuff." She's a witch or something. Yes, exactly. Okay. And that's kind of like how she kind of turns evil and her spirit goes bad and everything. Wow. Does something happen where she like? ends up passing away or dying or um, I mean spoilers of course <laughs> I believe she dies in a mental hospital oh, okay. okay and then, then her spirits released. so she's just kind of like a like an urban legend in the yes. town now okay until the kids discover the book yes alright that's pretty much what we got from the trailer so mm. um, how were the uh, kids performances um everything was pretty like on point for I would say like the PG-13 teenager you know, okay. um, it wasn't anything too crazy because it's all child leads, right? Mm-hmm. Like there aren't really many adults. No, like, from the trailer, really, it looked like the only adult really was that a police officer, and mm-hmm. he's in it for a very short period. Because really? so. it's a lot to ask, you mm-hmm. know, young actors. But you felt like they actually, you know, were you know they, I feel like they performed as the script was given to them. You okay. know, I don't think they, you know. It wasn't like outstanding performances of the year, but it wasn't anything. They that didn't hurt. The didn't movie. hurt it at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Uh, cinematography, um, you know everything looks great until I, until you get to those like final moments. Okay, you know um, it's it's got his touches on it. Um, it definitely, I mean, the director did a good job. I believe he did the autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah, I don't know anything else that he's done. Mm-hmm. So okay, um, so but it's in capable hands. Yes. Um, so you don't feel, I mean, you felt like the way, it's just kind of more what, how he put the scenes together necessarily? Yeah, I mean, like, it just felt like it, I, I, I came out of it saying, man, this was a really good made-for-TV movie that I just sat in a theater. Oh, really? Like, I could see myself enjoying this from home. Okay. But it didn't feel like something I needed to spend a ticket on at a theater. Okay. You know? Okay. Got it. I mean, nowadays, made-for-TV movies are just as it's, good as, like, the box. But I see what yes, you're saying. But, you're talking about, like, you know, back <laughs> in the 90s. Exactly. Or the, you know, um, yeah. So, well, that's unfortunate. You know, I'm still going to go see it. This it weekend, wasn't but. terrible, but it wasn't the greatest film. You know? Yeah. And those trailers were great. Mm-hmm. And the character designs looked fantastic. Like I said, it really, like, stayed true to, you know, what the original artist, you know, had on page. So, I mean, that's definitely one thing that, you know, got me so excited. Mm-hmm. You know, Harold looks like Harold from the book. Um, 
So I, you know, it just felt like it, like you said, it's in Del Toro's like wheelhouse too, and I'm sure he had his hands all over the project. Um, but yeah, if there's no suspense that they're yeah, not I just, sticking the exactly. landings with like the. I don't feel the like the suspense was as like hard as the books. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like the did books... you ever feel like the kids were in like serious threat? Yes. Okay. But by the end of the film, they kind of just talk their way out of that. Okay. So, like, uh, I'm not trying to ruin it too much for you since you're going to go see it. Yeah. But that's it's like, okay. That's fine. We said spoilers. I everyone that. that is, like, affected in this book, technically, by the end, they're saying, it's oh, we're going to go find them. We're going to figure it out. We're going to save them. Oh, but they don't. They're not... Yeah. They kind of okay. set up, like, a we could set up a sequel if we wanted to, which yeah. doesn't really make sense because the person that was cursing them is freed and saved. So Sarah Bellows is, you know... Oh, like her spirit can yeah. move on. They did one mm-hmm. of those bits. Okay. So it's like, okay, but then how are we going to yeah, save these people? <laughs> if there's stories that she wrote, I don't get it. So, okay. If you could rate this movie, Christian, what um, would you give it? I'm going to give it a solid three. You know, it's it's got the effort. It's got the cinematography. And it's got, you know, okay performances. Do you feel like it's more catered towards like a younger audience? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So I will definitely check it out this week, and you know, hopefully, like, don't I'll... take your four-year-old, but you know, yeah, <laughs> I would hope that ten, eleven, it's fine. Although nowadays, I wouldn't be surprised uh-huh. you know, if I have a whole theater full of like six-year-olds or something. But yeah, I'm gonna definitely check it out this weekend, and you know, you know, I'll talk about it next week for a little bit. You know, yeah, share. Yeah, my David thoughts. comes back with a five-star review. Yeah, what are you talking about, <laughs> idiots? <laughs> That's the last time I let you do a yes. review on your own. No, I, you know, I, I trust your judgment, though, so. <laughs> and I had a lot of the same fears, you know, mm. going into it. Like, is this going to be, you know, Goosebumps, like, you know, are we going to get kind of like just a hard edge Goosebumps kind of movie? Because I could definitely see Studio picking up this material mm. and doing something like that. But the trailers, you know, really led me to believe that it was more geared towards an adult audience. So I'm kind of surprised that you're saying it's not necessarily the case. Um, so, but, you know. You also know me. I could just be, you know, wanting some fucked up shit to happen. And I'm not getting it. So, you know. Like kids losing their heads. People I was with, though, in the theater, they hated it. So really? I gave it a way better review than most people I know. Really? So. Okay. How did the crowd, your audience, react to it? Um... Besides your friends, they, I mean, there was barely probably all monsters anyway. So, if they're anything like you, (laughs) they barely, there wasn't like any like jump scares or anything for them to really react to, I would say. So, interesting because I felt like it would, you know, I'm not a huge jump scare guy, Mm. but I felt like this movie would lend itself to like some of those moments. I think the, the one thing is that everything feels predictable, like, you're never like. It's never like one of those like conjuring where it's like, oh, fake jump scare, fake jump scare, real jump scare. Yes. You know, it's it's like it builds into one. There it is. Yeah, where you have those false scares. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, that's James Wan, though. He knows how to build tension. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. All right. All right. Well, Damon, we got a shit ton of wrestling to talk about. Holy so let's shit. let's get into it. All right. Let's do it. Hello there, physically attractive podcast listener. My name is Steve Ross. I'm Sean Crandall. I'm Dustin White. And we're the hosts of... Dregs Dregs of Craigs. On our podcast, 
we explore the most bizarre, repulsive, and downright confounding Craigslist ads we can find from all over the country, live for your amusement. Come find out the best place to book an axe-throwing party for your child's birthday. Stay up to date on Mario's Hawaiian Sex Marathon. Or just sit back and relax as we make more anime references than any rational human being should be comfortable with. It's a hilarious exploration of how we as a species are drifting further and further from the possibility of redemption. And we want you along for the ride. Listen to Dregs of Craig's on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dahlberg! Anybody can get lucky twice, idiot. I knew you didn't have the balls to face me man to man. I knew you did it. You never did. That's why you are a laughing stock in this business, and I am the best. I will never be defeated. I will never stay down. I'm the best thing going today and for. Oh my God, Ziggler is delusional. Somebody want to bring me some popcorn? It could be a long night. Somebody should go into the ring and scrape Dolph out of there before he gets seriously hurt. Go ahead, Cole. Put him on a flight and send him home. This is insane. Damon hates wrestling. Ding, ding. All right, damn it, it was a huge SummerSlam weekend. Yeah, I got a wrestling hangover. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched this much wrestling in a like three day period. Are you sure? Because yeah, it isn't I WrestleMania. Mean, doesn't that have like? Yeah. I know I did like fifteen hours for WrestleMania, but if you include NXT mm-hmm. and you know the G One and everything, it was a lot, man. True. Well, it was a because you have Monday and Tuesday as well. Yes, for then G1. Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, it was crazy. So. Um, man, I, I I could do without a weekend like this for a while. So this had to be one of the busiest weekends of the year, wrestling-wise. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing I could think of is WrestleMania weekend being busier. Exactly, because you have, what, the Ring of Honor shows and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but I think the G1, the fact that you're talking three mm-hmm. shows, at least, you know, and, I mean, it, it's good shit. You don't want to miss anything, <laughs> so... But yeah, all right, well, let's get into it. Uh, up first, we're going to go ahead and review NXT TakeOver. Yes. Uh, starting up, we have the Street Profits going up against Undisputed Era. Damn good match. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm really growing on the Street Profits. You know, I haven't seen too much of it because I haven't been watching NXT, but... And all over Raw. All over Raw, yeah. <laughs> all over Raw. Not wrestling a lick, but all over Raw. They're pretty much the hosts... Of Raw, hmm. which is weird. They just come on and they like narrate what the hell's going on, and then you know they move on. Um, I, it, I don't know. I really at first I was like, oh, I bet they're dropping the titles here. Um, but then I saw all the fucking red cups in the uh-huh. audience. So I was like, nope, they're not dropping the fucking titles here. I'm surprised they're- that they went with that. I don't like when they do that. I like I hate all the fucking you know WWE made signs. You know like the, yeah. Like we we had it during SummerSlam with all the Becky Lynch signs mm-hmm. that they passed out. Um, it, it just I don't know. It they um ECW back in the day when El Snow was hot. Um, they did a thing. They did a pay per view where they handed out like, God, it must have been like a couple hundred styrofoam heads. So the crowd all had heads, and it's supposed to look organic, but it totally looks 
like, you know, BS. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you guys stood at the door and the first, you know, 100 people got, like, heads and everything. So there's this ocean of heads. It's a good visual, but it's, I don't know, it just feels so fake. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm way over the man signs that yeah. fill the arena. I'm like, people didn't bring these. And I don't know if, you know, I, and I haven't been to a WWE show in a while, so I, are they not, are they frowning on, like, homemade signs at this point? I guess. Because you look at back, you know, in the day, like, you watch those old shows and everything, mm-hmm. and, like, it was literally just plastered with fucking homemade signs, you know, and all different sizes. Like, how is anyone seeing shit? Like, I went to a couple, like, Raws back in the day, and it was, you know, it would be a pain in the ass. You were just hoping not to be stuck behind someone with a giant sign. Um but yeah, nowadays it, it, you don't really see it that much. Like a, a couple, like in the first couple mm-hmm. rows, it's nothing like it was back then. Though. Yeah, there's been tons of reports over the last few years where it's just like, oh, they they took my sign, mm-hmm. you know. It's... And as a fan, like, why would I even bother them mm-hmm. going through it? But I mean, like making a sign. But I think that hurts fandom in general. Like if you're not letting the fans participate, you know, I think it definitely goes against your product. Yeah, let them bring fucking signs. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know. Maybe they are. And I don't. I, I know they make people fucking turn their shirts inside out sometimes. Yes. You know, depending on how the old man's feeling. Or leave. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, but yeah. A lot of cups, you know. Um, they're definitely over, though. You can't, you know, argue that. Um, and they, de- man, they can fucking talk. Like, mm. they're great on Raw. They really are. I'm getting a little sick of them at this point. Because it <laughs> seems weird that they're, it just, it's awkward. But it's like what they're doing and what they're being asked to do, they're good at. You know, I just want to see them actually wrestle. And like no one's ever said why they're there. Like mm. <laughs> they just show up on camera. Sounds like a time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but spoilers before we move on. Um, as we're recording this, they actually lost the titles um, during an NXT type taping to the Undisputed Era. Mm. So I'm wondering if now they're going to officially be called up. So it only makes sense that it's coming sooner than later. Um, you know, with, I mean, they're getting more time than the actual wrestlers on the show at this point. So. I just don't think I'm interested in seeing them against the OC right now either. I don't know what they're going to do with them. And the tag team division's crazy mm-hmm. at this point. So, you know, I, I'm sure they'll probably be, you know, still doing their like hosting duties and then like wrestling once in a while unfortunately so but it was a damn good match yes you know um there's definitely feels like a formula to the nxt takeovers at this point and i i love them still but it feels like i mean i don't know how many times i've seen the undisputed era (laughs) kick off the (laughs) pay-per-view um but rightfully so i mean just so fast-paced and everything Mm -hmm. and they just keep that up tempo the entire time um, everything's believable. I mean, just an enjoyable match, you know, and it really did put the Street Profits over. They made them look good, you know, um, not that the Street Profits didn't have anything to do with it, but, you know, it, it sold me more on the Street Profits. Mm. So, um, all right, what do we have next, Christian? All right, next we have Io Shirai going up against Candice Lee Ray, and I gotta say this was probably one of my favorite matches of the entire week. Uh, mostly because like I haven't seen Io since her turn, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm fucking in love with this, a hundred percent. I I <laughs> I also dug it. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know if she's like a hundred percent. Like I think she's still trying to figure out the character, mm-hmm. just like mannerism wise and everything like that. That feels a little forced to me, but the in ring work 
is awesome. Like, I love everything that she's doing in the ring. I love how aggressive she is and everything like that. It feels like she's kind of, like, um, opened up her repertoire, you know? Like, I'm seeing a lot more, like, intensity in the ring and everything Mm -hmm. like that. And just hard-hitting fucking moves, um, which I definitely dig. Um, I, with the match itself... I, I enjoyed the match. I wish Candace got more offense in a little because it was just, I felt like she just got her ass beat the entire fucking match, which put over, you yes. know, definitely. And that's probably what they were looking for. But I don't know. I, I, I want I want more for Candace at this point. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing she, this is going to move on. Yeah, you know, she's this, the queen of bumps, though. Yeah. Like, she will take oh, anything. She made her look like a million dollars. Mm. But I feel like Yoko could have done that. You know, anyway, but like, I was equally you know happy with the amount of work that Candace was doing. Yes, she could have got in a couple more licks here and there. Yeah, but like, I felt like I was like, man, this is really one sided. It was awesome, you uh, know, and really put over that character now. But you know, I, I, I I'm tired of Candace just being kind of like Johnny's wife. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm hoping that they let her get yes. you know be her own person exactly she kind her. of announced on like social exactly. media after this that like oh this is finally my time to be myself and move forward showing more of what i can do yeah so and we'll talk about that later on because there's another spoiler from tonight ah, okay out, so um all right what do we have next uh, next we have velveteen dream going up against pete dunn and roderick straw velveteen dream of course retaining i think this was my favorite match of the night I, I dug this match. Um, I, I love Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I mean, God, man. He's fantastic. I just, I don't know what WWE would ever do with him if he ever gets called up. Oh, no, he's not but, allowed to be called yeah, up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just because, like, his size and everything like mm-hmm. that. But he's my kind of wrestler. I love all the map-based shit that he does. I love, I love the character that he's portraying. Um, it's just, and it was just a great, they all clicked well together. Yes. I mean, I was loving Roger Strong and plus everything that they've been showing with him being like the back, like breaker person. Uh, I, I keep forgetting what their term is. Messiah of the backbreaker or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And like him gimmick. really using it in this match, throwing uh, them on top of each other. I was really digging that throughout it. That's the thing with NXT, like all the matches, the psychology is mm-hmm. always so sound. They do. There's the matches are so well put together, um, so I yeah no they all clicked well. I mean, triple threat matches are are hard mm. to pull off, um, and I don't think people pay enough credence to that. Um, you know, because you have so many working parts and everything, and it's so easy for it to get kind of out of whack with you know, like people can get lost. Yeah, it wasn't one of those matches where someone was on the side mm-hmm. for like half of it. Yeah. Too, so and people do that, and sometimes that works. Where you have like the the one guy get thrown out of the ring, and they just have the two guys in the mm. ring being featured, and then another guy gets thrown out, and then you get the you know that's happened before, and those it works. But this was not that. You know, everyone was in the ring doing something at most of the time, but it all made sense. So, uh, but Dream went over. Um, you know, do you want to see Dream um, more in the title picture? In the oh, future. and Dude, like the actual like main you know, event, main, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would definitely like to see that. I don't want to see him go up, but I definitely want to see. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I think he's gonna stick around at least for this mm-hmm. year. I, I hope. Knock on wood. He's gonna get called up next week now. <laughs> um, I feel I like definitely he... feel like they have too many people up mm-hmm. there right now. Anyway, um, but I, I I think it's time for him to move up to the you know main event scene. 
at this point. So. And I feel like he would have a great main event run. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So, and I think everyone's ready for it at mm. this point. So, all right. What do we have next? Uh, next, we have Shayna Baszler defeating Mia Yim by submission. I was not a fan of this match. Me neither. I, I've seen Mia Yim do a lot better. Yeah. Than this match, it was too. very clunky, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning. Super slow. And it they got into a groove later on. I like her working the arm and the shoulder. Um, you know, I like that aspect of it, but it was really slow. It was, it just felt like they weren't really jiving together. Like they, they just couldn't get like that groove. Um, so it it felt like, you know, they got into their own heads at one point Mm. too, like where they just, you know, had to pull it back together. I don't know if they really ever did. So, I mean, I like that she had to use her legs to basically choke her out at the end of the match. I thought that was cool and a nice touch. But overall, I mean, the match didn't do much for me. And it was long. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> They had a lot of time. And usually I appreciate that. But since it was going so poorly, I was like, oh, God, just get them out of there. you know? Because you're at this point, you're used to such a high caliber of yes. match from NXT. And this just wasn't that. You know, so, and I don't think it's, you know, either of their faults. I think it was just, you know, a bad night, you know, so a chemistry issue more than anything. All right. And then what do we have last? Uh, In the main event, we had Adam Cole going up against Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole winning the championship. Uh, Retaining. Retaining. Yes. Um, What did you think of this match? I think at this point, I am kind of over Johnny Gargano. That's just me, mm-hmm. you know. I, I think if you if you go back and listen to each NXT mm-hmm. uh, review we've had, it just like it just becomes more and more of the same for me. He isn't on like back when Finn Balor was champion. I don't know why I was like obsessed with the championship at that point. Okay, and I just I was following it each match. I thought was almost better than the last. This one just didn't. I don't know if it's just because the, they're doing the same things. With the same two people over and over again? Or well, yeah, because Johnny was in a long feud. With, exactly. You know. With Ciampa. And I loved every single match with Ciampa. I just don't feel that same then, chemistry with Cole. I think what hurt Johnny was when they tried to turn him heel. Yes, that was weird. Yeah, and I think it never really worked. So I think that just kind of messed up like the character a little for me. Um, you know, Because I don't think he ever really did heal particularly well. Um, and I don't think they did enough to turn him back babyface and really make No, it, it was pretty fast. You know, um, and then you have the whole issue with him getting called up for mm. like a month. <laughs> um, which I forgot was about weird. that. He was on television yes, for a while. Yeah, he was on Raw with Ciampa, tagging with him. Um, and it kind of messed with their storyline and everything. And it just, it, the show became so focused on Johnny. You know, I, I think, you know, and just the wife stuff, yeah, constantly mm-hmm. having his wife come out and, like, just kind of annoying. Um, so, he's a fantastic wrestler. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. I think I'm ready to see him fight other people. That's why I would be interested seeing how he'll be handled on the main roster. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm, I'm also scared he'll be lost in the huge shuffle. Well, spoilers. Yes. Um, and I felt like watching this match... Um, that he was going to be getting called up sooner than later. He came out today during the tapings and he said he wasn't going anywhere. 
they even did that like um they showed what's yes, it called? the thank you johnny At and everything end. he stood in the middle of the ring he got his like standing ovation you know even uh his wife got out of the ring so it could just be him and they could focus on him and everything you know the crowd was showing their appreciation wasn't didn't Re- william regal even like the regal came up t- at the ramp at the end and shook his hand and everything so it felt like oh okay he's moving up and it made sense i was like okay he did get called up like just what like two three months ago uh-huh. so it felt like okay well that makes sense let's they're moving on um it feels like you know this is it for you know the whole program with cole but no, he came out, he got attacked by someone, I can't remember who at this point, and he said he wasn't going anywhere. Now that might just be a ruse, and this might be his last program there, and mm-hmm. then he's moving up, um, maybe in October for when they finally, you know, do, you know, well, when they go on uh, yeah. Fox. And the rumor is, is they're going to do a hard brand split at that point. Um, and they're not going to have, you know, the wild car rule, even though they didn't even call it at that point. Now it's just everyone's everywhere. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there, and there, there's been talks that there's possibly another draft coming. So I could see that happening in the next couple weeks or next couple months, but you know, we'll see. Cause it doesn't feel like there's much left for him to do at this point. Yes. You know, do we know who gonna, will attack? I don't remember who okay. attacked at this point because I just I literally read it right before you know we turned on the mics. Mm. So, um, but yeah, but match wise, I thought the match was good, um, but I was a little disappointed. I didn't like the gimmickry going on. I didn't, mm. you know, the different falls. I, I wasn't a huge fan of, you know, the fact that we had you know the three falls and each fall had a different stipulation and everything. Um, you know, the first fall I enjoyed. And, but my problem was with Johnny all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, attack him with a chair. It makes sense going into the second fall that is a street fight because um, then he got disqualified. Well, then you better, like, beat the shit out of him with that chair for the rest of that match yeah. and then pin him so you've done enough damage where that third fall, you know, should be a cakewalk for you. Because otherwise it makes no sense for you to just give up the fall. You know, but he didn't do that. Yeah, he started beating on him more, but he kind of got away from the chair. And it's a street fight. You have that ability then. <laughs> you know, um, and he definitely felt like at that point he was kind of reading the crowd and, you know, working more of it as a heel, you know, because the crowd was so all over like Cole. You know, they're 100%. Hmm. Well, it even felt stuff. like that at the beginning of the night where it was just like Undisputed Era will have all yes. the time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> they were they were so 100% behind mm. Cole. Um, but when you start doing all these stipulations and you do something where you give away a fall like that, it's hard for me to like suspend that disbelief and like, okay, but why aren't you beating the shit out of him with no, the chair it, it makes more? Sense. Do enough damage where like the next two falls are mm-hmm. like that. Because otherwise, you look like a dumbass who just gave up a fall for no reason. Um, I didn't like the cage either. You know, when the cage came down and you had all the fucking, you know, weapons, you know, lining the entire thing. It felt very much like that Ambrose the match Ambrose that you love. <laughs> yeah, the silo. It felt that was like... a fun match. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> It always when when they go that look, it feels very TNA. It feels like when those toy sets that uh-huh. you get, like yeah. you know, <laughs> you know now hardcore action, <laughs> you know, where you get all the little props. I mean, that's what it looked like to me. It just I don't know. And then became all about you know the weapons, and it just that's not how I want that feud to end. 
you know, maybe if they worked backwards, I would have been more about it, but I would have been just fine with a straight up match. So. Well, Damon, by the next takeover, we'll see what kind of match they have next. You know, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I hope not. <laughs> Feels like Adam's moving on. I was actually, I would have been like with Undisputed Era losing, and now we know that they ended up winning the tag belts. You know, in the next couple set of tapings, mm-hmm. um, I was like, well, are they getting ready to actually call up the Undisputed Era, um, at least you know part of the team? You know, but it doesn't seem like they're going that route. And I honestly, in the beginning of um, TakeOver, I was like, okay, is this, you know, are we going to see Cole lose the belt and then move on? Because I keep on expecting him to get called up because he's been there for a while now. Yeah. You know, but I mean, maybe they want him to kind of like take the reign and, you know, be the guy for a while. You know, the man to be. So. I mean, that would be, it'd be good for their like F, like if they put NXT on Fox. But I was thinking of like, Oh man, how great would it be to start off with um, you know, Undisputed Era moving up mm-hmm. with their new brand split and everything. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it would make sense, but it is what it is. I'm kind of happy that they're not. Um, and it, speaking of NXT moving up, it sounds like that is going to be announced sooner than later, mm-hmm. possibly this week. Um, but we'll see. So, and that's going to be them on FS1. So Wednesday night is going to be busy. Yes. You know. Um, but uh, so overall, what did you think of this pay per view? Um, I think overall I'll give it like uh, three point five. You know. Yeah. On an NXT scale. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna give it three, and I think I'm gonna my curve is gonna be kind of a reverse curve because I expect more from NXT, hmm. and this didn't do that much for me. Um, you know, I feel like this is probably one of my least favorite, like, takeover shows that I've seen. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah. Which this is... felt way lesser compared to the normal yeah. takeover event. Yeah, I don't know. And it I don't feels know very just... far from, like, where we were with Brooklyn and stuff like that. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just, you know, expectations are higher now, um, and that we're watching the G1 as always is going on. <laughs> That does hurt everything else. Yes, it does. And I have to, like, always, like, it's like, okay. Like, I have to act like, okay, this is different genres. Like, it's a different (laughs) style of wrestling. And I have to, like, remind myself and judge it by, you know, its style and what it is, by the product. You know? Like, I don't hold, you know, horror movies to the same, like, you know, degree that I hold, you know, you know, Oscar. Damn I watched the finals before I watched anything WWE, and that definitely... Or yes. Else. Yes, because I watch. I watched. You know, uh, what was it? God? It was fucking Saturday morning. You know, I was up, so I ended up watching mm-hmm. most of that. You know, before I got to NXT that night, so it definitely hurt. Um, and we've been like, you know, catching up throughout the week, so it's been yeah, it's it's been rough. It's hard <laughs> to live up to what that you know New Japan's been doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm gonna say three. So I was a little disappointed. Which it hurts me to say. Um, but, I mean, it's still a damn good show, regardless. All right, so let's move on to SummerSlam. Yeah. Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new PodCoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. 
Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards, um, Amazon, Starbucks. I believe they even have Target. Um, you can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If really? you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me like, too. Daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Um, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and go download PodCoin. All right. The pod player that pays. Getting into that pre-show, we have Drew Gulak going up against Oni Lorcan. Now, did you watch the pre-show? I watched one match of the pre-show. What was the match? Not I this watched, one? <laughs> not this one. I watched the women's tag match. All right, who won this, right? Uh, Gulak? Gulak won. Okay. All right, and then we had Buddy Murphy uh, against Apollo Crews just out of nowhere, huh? Yeah. Right, because they didn't announce this match, and they didn't announce the women's tag match. That no. wasn't something that was announced. Um... So, and this was actually when uh, Eric Rowan came out and beat the shit out of Buddy Murphy. So it was more of the, a continuation of that little story. Mm, I saw it while I was fast forwarding. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was a nice little spot, though, when he threw fucking uh, Buddy into the post. It was pretty brutal. Um, all right. And then we had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I did not see this. Christian, did you actually watch this? I did watch the match. It was a nice, you know, simple little match. Uh, I, I love the Toy Story <laughs> costume. She but, actually, did they both cosplay, or was it just... Um, just Billy Kay had, like, Maleficent ears, or horns, I mean. Okay. But, Nikki Cross didn't have anything, though. No, no, that was okay. just horrible. Okay. Nikki Cross. I know Alexa Bliss is, like, huge into Disney mm. shit, so I wasn't surprised by that. No, um, it was an okay match. It wasn't anything special. I'm glad they, they actually yes, they got actually some time it, with yeah. the tag belts. Um, and they were actually, they had a match on Raw. So I was like, oh, look at this. Crazy, huh? They actually remember that they have women tag titles now. So hopefully they'll be like actually featuring them mm -hmm. once in a while. Now, Paige is going to be out. So how do you think they're going to handle the Kabuki Warriors if they go forward? Yeah, we won't be reviewing Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Um, but we will be talking about it throughout the pay-per-view, actually what happened afterwards in the aftermath. Um, so they lost against, mm -hmm. you know, cleanly against Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Um, I'm guessing that they might split them up. Um, and I'm fine with that. I feel like you're going to need someone for Bailey. I would love to see them feud. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, like Asuka moves on to Bailey. Uh, it just, it, it just doesn't feel like there's a need for them to be together. You know, especially if they're not too worried about the women's titles. It feels like it's such a waste of mm. talent. You know, and I feel like, you know, Asuka and them, they both can have a great match together if they allow them to. And the crowd's still all over Asuka. So yes. it feels like such a waste. 
Yeah. I, I, I don't think they're going to use them, like, having a feud against each other and stuff like that. I feel like it'll just be a random split. You know, on SmackDown, and we'll talk more about Ember Moon, but Ember Moon had a match with Charlotte, and it was really well done. It was it was a damn good match. So it feels like they're still behind Ember Moon. Hmm. Um, but it would, you know, I, I'm hoping that they would like to spotlight some of their single stars more and use Asuka, yeah. you know, in that, you know in that way in that division you know because it definitely i feel like smackdown the women's division is really light right mm-hmm. now so you know put her in a feud with ember moon put her in a feud with charlotte or bailey um you know the crowds behind her and everything like that and she's just being wasted i mean she god she's been on the show a handful of times in the last like four months mm-hmm. so i mean such a waste of talent you know or have her use her to you know put over Kyrie saying Hmm, which is also another talent being wasted. Exactly, exactly. And I feel like just them together, just it feels so thrown. Even like their like entrance music is mm-hmm. like a joke. They just like cut it together like in this weird, awkward way. <laughs> so um, it, it just feels like a waste, you know. And now that they don't have Paige there as mm-hmm. their mouthpiece, not that I feel like they even need a mouthpiece. They could just be badasses, but they're not going to do that. So I don't know. Just. It's over. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. Well, next we have Becky Lynch going up against Natalia at the start of the show. What did you think of this match? I really liked it. I did too. I thought it was a really solid opener. Um, I I was actually pleasantly surprised by it. I like that they didn't have uh, rope breaks. Mm-hmm. So that's not always standard with submission matches. No, but they so made sure little... that you thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? It's submission match, no rules. Yeah, I was like, I was okay. like wait, what? Um, <laughs> that sharpshooter around the fucking ring post mm-hmm. was pretty fucking badass. Um, I, I The crowd actually, I mean, they were so up for this match, and I like how they were like really 50-50. I think that added a lot. It was just a well-worked match. So I was I was pleasantly surprised by it. You know, very good opener. Yes. Um, you know, I was I was surprised by Becky going over. Um, I was almost expecting to see, you know, a run-in of some sort, either Ronda or Sasha. Um, but we got that on Monday. Yes, which they seem to just like to just save it for TV nowadays. Well, right now with ratings and everything like that, mm. I'm fine with them doing that. Um, you know, if they're going to keep it a fucking surprise. And they kept this as a surprise. I... I you know, for the most part, I thought it was well done. I don't think they needed to sacrifice uh, Natty, though. <laughs> I was like, they're gonna, like, and I know they're in Canada and everything like that, but to have her go out there and bring up her fucking dead dad mm-hmm. and, like, you know, try to get sympathy for the crowd when they're just gonna turn on her once they see Sasha. And they did. You know, they're, like, you know, cheering her, wanting her to do more, like, beat her more and everything. They were, like, yeah, chanting, thank you, Sasha. Yeah, it was pretty ugly. And mm-hmm. I think, I, I'm hoping it was more about Sasha being back and her being heel um, than Natty. But I was like, man, this is ugly. She's got to feel like shit right now. <laughs> Especially since they're really trying to promote her, like, and mm-hmm. make her the baby face in Canada. Um, and it kind of worked during the Becky match, but no, they, the crowd was just all about Sasha being back. And they started, you know, even when Becky came out to save her, they were still all about fucking Sasha. So, um, you know, I, I, there's two, you know, train of thought, I guess, with this, where if you bring someone back, they're going to get cheered regardless. Yes. Um, so a lot of times what they do, they do what they did with Ambrose, where they bring him back and he's a baby face at first, and then they like slowly turn him heel. 
I feel like it's so predictable. You know, I've seen it so many times that I don't mind this. But at the same time, I, I hope they, they have Sasha not just acting like a, you know, different version of what Becky was doing last year at SummerSlam. You know, where they had her turn on Charlotte and then, you know, the crowd, like she was supposed to be a heel, but the crowd was still cheering her, you know, the entire time. I'm hoping that they have Sasha mm-hmm. come out and act like a pure heel, you know, and not do this kind of wishy-washy. I don't 50-50. think they, she will because, I mean, just in general, well, she, might she, she might not have a say. <laughs> but in general, the way that they use her as a heel, it's straight heel. I've never seen her in a wishy-washy character. The thing is, though, this is that was NXT. She's never really been a heel in WWE. You know, so this is different because Vince is behind it. Yes. So I'm just, I want her to be, like, she needs to be a little bit of a coward. She needs to be trashing the audience. You remember Becky would always, like, kind of tell that line. At first she was, and then she wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see her as a pure heel. Yeah. Um, I liked, though, I liked her being the shit out of Becky with the chair and being the shit out of Natty. I thought that was fantastic. Um, you know, I didn't understand the wig thing. No. I was very confused by that. I was like, what is the significance of the wig? I don't understand. <laughs> like, the hair color. I was like, new blue character? Like, yeah, what is... Like, I, what? I, I was like... And I was trying to think back. was like, was when she was a heel in NXT, was her hair blue? I was like... I don't remember. Just, like, Team Bay? Was it blue? I, know, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think anyone would remember that. So that was a little weird, mm-hmm. but whatever, you know? Uh, maybe it's just for the dramatic effect. I don't know. I it didn't help that she like me. Maybe posted online that she had already dyed her hair and everything. Like, well, oh. she did like right the day before. Didn't she mm-hmm. do something where she was like, "Oh, I'm blonde." Like, yeah, she, but I mean, that's what happens. They put blonde and then it becomes colored next. You yeah. Know? So like, but it seemed like oh, it's because even um, a few of the sites had like, oh, take a look at Sasha's new look. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It was a little odd. It was a little odd. Um, but you know, overall, I enjoyed it. So. <laughs> overall <laughs> I just want to see them capitalize on it yes so um, alright we'll moving on uh, next we have Goldberg defeating Dolph Ziggler again and again <laughs> I was okay up to the third time you know I thought okay this is how you use Goldberg and everything like that I thought Dolph was great in his role he sold the shit out of the sphere um, but like the fact that they had him going all the way up the ramp and all the way back and then like, you know, him getting called back, called out and then his music starts all over again and he walks out. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> After the third time I was done. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I'm glad it wasn't an actual match because it almost started that way and I was like, oh no, please don't do this. You don't need to prove yourself, Goldberg, by having like a 10 minute match. Just fucking squash him and get the hell out of there. Um, you know, they carried on with like, uh, the next night with Dolph doing the whole, like, you know, get his ass kicked and then still like, you know, on the ground saying it's a mere flesh wound. Let's, you know, let's go, um, with Miz. So he did the same thing pretty much the next night. Does that still... work with Miz? No, it was a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> was it he just lost, scroll crushing finale? lost, well, he lost to Miz and then he was on the ground and he was calling Miz a coward and, you know, you can't beat me, you know, one on one, even though he just did. Um, and then Miz came out and gave him the skull crushing finale. And that was it. So I don't know if this is his new gimmick or what, but 
You know, okay. I also feel like they're probably writing him off for a while. Yeah. So I'll probably go back on his little well, comedy that was tour. the whole point of that match was, mm-hmm. oh, he's going to be written there off. There was a rumor going around that he actually requests for, like, his release again, but that was squashed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think by him. So, because he signed, like, a really nice contract, and he has a lot of freedom to, like, make his own schedule and everything, I guess. So... I guess he's he's happy. <laughs> he can do what he wants. I guess. You know? He's just kind of accepted his lot and like, okay, well, you know what? They're never going to push me as the champ, so I might as well be this guy who gets people over. Just fine. <laughs> <sighs> All right, what do we have next? Uh, next we have AJ Styles um, with Gallows and Anderson and Tove defeating Ricochet. So, I enjoyed the psychology in this match. I like... You know, AJ Styles working the leg and taking away Ricochet's air game, you know. Mm. Um, I like all the outside interference, you know, by, you know, Gallus and Anderson. I thought that's why you have a fucking faction like this. Um, and especially if the ref is allowing them to be out there, yeah, they better be interfering. So it worked. I just wish they had more time, you know, to get that over and have like, you know, a bigger spot, more of a comeback maybe for Ricochet. Um, the finish was great. You know, um, you know, the one spot where Ricochet's in the like on the apron and then like he literally walks over yes. Anderson and yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> he is so talented. I just I don't want this to be the end of the feud. I don't know if it is. I think it might carry on. Um Ricochet is in the King of the Ring mm-hmm. too. So we'll see where that goes and we'll talk more about that at the end. But um yeah, I, I wanna see a I wanna see a bigger match. Um, and I'm guessing that's probably where we're going between the two guys. Or maybe, like, you know, the club's banned from ringside. And we actually get, like, a, like, you know, 20-minute match out of these guys. Like, just pure. Because right now, I feel like we haven't gotten that. Mm-hmm. Really are, are any of the OC in the King of the Ring tournament? No. Mm-hmm. No, it's just Ricochet. So, we'll see. We'll see. Because a heel move if they just attacked him randomly. And that could happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. What do we have next? Uh, next, we have Bailey versus Ember Moon. Bailey retaining the title. So this match, I felt, failed right from the like start because the crowd was just not into it. Like I thought it was an okay match, mm-hmm. but the crowd just didn't give a shit at all. You know, and I felt like that was part, like partially, like with AJ Styles and um, Ricochet's match too. Like the crowd just felt very like quiet and just i don't know disinterest um and i think that had to do with goldberg's match you know being so early on. early on i think that just kind of exhausted them especially with him going back and you know back and forth you know um so i think that kind of hurt both matches but also with the ember moon match i would and i've been bitching about it for the last couple of weeks is the booking of ember moon mm-hmm. she never felt like a believable contender all they've done is make her look weak since bailey like challenged her so I, I, you know, I think that really hurt this match. And it's it weird that commentary was also mentioning that, saying like, "Oh, she doesn't deserve this Tyler shot." Yeah. You know, why is she here? Like, what are you doing? Like, what are what, you know? I know a lot of that was coming from fucking Graves, yes. but I mean, it doesn't help her. So I mean, and I didn't feel like her showing was strong enough to make her feel worthy after mm. the match and everything. So um, they did, and I talked about earlier, they did a better job with it against her um, and Charlotte. 
the next night. They had a really good fucking match. SmackDown was great this week. It was actually a really good show. Mm. So, um, but yeah, they had a really good match. Um, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, this is what I want to see from Ember Moon. You know, with shades of what we saw out of her in NXT. So, um, hopefully they have plans for her going further. So, you know, we'll see though. They'll probably just forget about her for like another two months until they decide to do an evolution, uh, pay-per-view again. And then they'll dust her off. But yeah, no, hopefully they have plans for her, you know, because they really did her no favors in this program. All right. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Great match, I guess. (laughs) I don't know, man. Was it a great match? It was horrible. It was... Okay, they have Elias come out. Yes, as special enforcer. Special enforcer. Kevin is so thrown off by this. He keeps on going outside of the ring and like yelling at him. I'm like, what are you fucking doing? Get in the fucking ring. And it then was so nonsensical. It didn't make any sense. And then like, I, any okay, if you're not gonna have Shane jump off of anything, I don't want to see him. You know, <laughs> if he's not risking his life. Uh-huh. Like, he can't wrestle. He just can't. You know? He's literally beating the shit out of Kevin Owens in the fucking corner. Like, he's punching him in the fucking face over and over again. You could tell Kevin started getting pissed off at one point. Because then he would finally just haul off on him. And it seemed like it was catching Shane off guard. Um, He just doesn't know what he's doing out there. And I I don't need to see a fucking 47-year-old man, you know, wrestling in a baseball jersey. You know, sweating his ass off. Mm. It looks like he's going to, like, explode and die in the ring. Like, he's so, like, you know, sucking air, you know, in the middle of the match. It It was definitely one of the weird choices of the night. You know, I just... This isn't how I would have put this match together. Mm. It just made no sense whatsoever. But this whole... Like, I I enjoyed parts of the program and everything. um, And I feel like that's partially due to Kevin, like, kind of salvaging, you know? The, you know, the whole program, you know, just with him being him. Um, but, like, the fact that they had this weird stipulation that Kevin put on himself and then, like, last week he came out and, like, asked Shane to also put his career up and Shane was like, no. It's like, how is this even... Why is Kevin looking like such an idiot? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> you gotta imagine he's probably frustrated as hell in the back when he's seeing getting the script. Too. Yeah, like what is this? That made no. There's no way like five people saw that script and said this is and then, this is the right thing. And to I do. don't know if you're like me, but when I saw like in this match when Kevin's beating the shit out of Elias with a chair, I'm like, oh god, I couldn't get behind the win and be excited for the win because I was like. They're just gonna say he cheated mm-hmm. at the you know the next day and like disqualify him, like that's what I thought was gonna happen. Luckily, they didn't do that, you know. No, but, but the announcers made it sound like they were about to like, oh, he just hit a ref. He's yeah, because that's what it should have happened uh-huh. technically, you know. And I, we were just watching the G one and they beat the shit out of their refs left and right. Yeah, so I mean, maybe I'm being too hard on <laughs> with this, but I was like, wait, what the hell's going on? Why can Kevin just wail on him with the chair? Um, Shane did find him the next day. Um, it made no, like Kevin acted like, this is another thing. Like he, it was like a hundred thousand dollar fine. Um, and he like literally said like, my kid's not going to be able to go, go to college now. And it's like, 
you're kept, you've been like the universal champion. How much are they paying you here, man? Like, I mean, a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. Yes, but someone who's literally like on TV and one of like their main event stars, like, yeah, it hurts, but it shouldn't be like my kid's not going to be able to go to college. Hurt, you know? That makes it. It just makes your roster look stupid. Like, <laughs> what? What are you paying your wrestlers, Vince? He's supposed to, you know. Um... They could have done five hundred thousand, and maybe they thought that was too. And maybe they wanted to keep him like, oh, they're trying to keep him like the everyday man. That's what I was trying to say. Though. He's trying to make him relate to everyone. In but the that's crowd. not. That just seems ridiculous to me. Like, he's been on under contract for five years. Like, are you not like? What are you paying him minimum wage? Like, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Kevin needs an agent. So, <laughs> so I mean, the match was what it was, you know. But yeah. No, I'm just I'm done with this, and it doesn't seem like the story's over. No, it's not gonna be done. You know, it, it, that's going straight to Survivor Series. So that's frustrating. Now Kevin is in the King of the Ring. Okay, too. So, but I could see that being something where is it Shane going, costs him. Is it going to end at a pay per view or what? Yes, okay. it's going to end at um, uh, Night of Champions. Okay, so the final will be at Night of Champions. But yeah, uh, we'll get into it in a little bit. Uh, all right, so next we have Charlotte versus Trish Stratus. Thoughts on the match, Christian? Um, you know, it wasn't a bad match. It was it was definitely more than what I expected to see out of Trish versus um, Charlotte. I was impressed with it. I mm-hmm. was like, Trish hasn't wrestled forever. You know, the first like couple minutes, it felt like Charlotte was wrestling herself. Like literally, it felt like Charlotte was like picking, like having to like twist her around, like Trish around her oh, okay. to do moves and stuff. Because there's such a big size difference too. But like once like Trish got into a groove, I thought it was a well put together match and everything. Mm-hmm. I think it really it helped Trish. Like you know, even though she lost the match, she didn't like lose anything. You know, by losing the match. Um. So I I enjoyed the match. Um, and the crowd was really into it. They finally, like, they woke up. You know, they were into the Kevin Owens match. Um, but they really woke up for this match. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. It was a lot more than I expected. Maybe my expectations were too low. <laughs> but it also showed me how good of a wrestler Charlotte is, mm-hmm. too. So thank God she didn't do, like, a moonsault or anything on her. Oh, I was yeah. like, don't fucking do that to <laughs> You'll kill her. Like, it scares the shit out of me when she does it to, like, Sasha or something. Because there's such a size difference. But I was like, no, Trish is, you know... She's in her mid-40s at this point. You know, she's a fucking mom. Leave her alone. <laughs> so, but no, well put together match. And I thought it was a fitting, like, you know, retirement match for Trish, too. So, all right. Next up, we got Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. With a no contest. No, it was a double count out, right? Double count. Yeah, which is no contest. Okay, you're right. Uh, <laughs> thoughts on the match? You know, uh, the match wasn't bad. Overall, I, I, the ending just made it was just didn't make too much sense to me. I feel like Randy Orton was like they they were starting to get to the point where it's like oh Randy Orton's like talking to the kids and stuff, yeah. but it didn't he didn't like maybe he said one word yes and then started getting hit felt like Kofi maybe overreacted a little yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I guess you know Randy Orton's history uh-huh. so like maybe that's why he reacts. My problem was the countout happened so quickly. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Um, the match was okay, but I felt like the crowd was so mixed too. Mm-hmm. Like they were like getting behind fucking Randy Orton. Like they're actually insane chanting yes. stupid Kofi, um, which I that caught me off. You know, guard. I wasn't expecting that, 
And I'm wondering if that's just due to the way they've been booking Kofi. You know, he's almost like Teflon right now where he's just not losing matches. But there's not, he's not enduring enough, like, you know, in these programs that he's in. It seems Mm -hmm. like he's, all these programs are like one and done, it feels like. So, you know, I don't think it's enough to get you know, people behind him again, you know, where he's just kind of going through the motions. And I, this, I was hoping, would be the program, you know, where it'd be like a signature program for his title reign because I feel like he hasn't had that. Um, and maybe it still will be, but I, I didn't think this was a good start, you know. The match was okay. Like, I didn't mind the match, and I felt like Randy was motivated, and that was my big fear, that Randy wouldn't be motivated mm-hmm. for this match. And oh, we know what an unmotivated Randy it. Orton <laughs> looks like. <laughs> Uh, no, he looked refreshed and really like down to do. Well, he was this. on vacation for like yes. three weeks prior, so. <laughs> and they did a great build up for it with their programs and everything, like their little packages and everything that they did. Um, you know, I just I don't know. I didn't like the way they booked the match because I think I think the way I would have done it was if one you have to have Randy actually get in the family's face and do something that feel makes it feel warranted. Um, for Kofi's reaction. Two, I think I would have had Kofi just completely snap and just start being the shot of Randy Orton and, like, get the kendo stick then instead of them having go out, going outside of the ring and just getting counted out. Because it was the fastest count in the history of yes, WWE. I didn't even hear it. No, you didn't hear it. And I think they want that it was on purpose, but it felt like like every other time the ref has, like, five seconds in between each count, uh-huh. you know? One, and then there's a long pause. And then, then maybe you get the two. Um, or he gets distracted and then he counts two. It, it just, that didn't happen. Um, the ref actually decided to count to ten. So it really, it, it caught everyone off guard. The crowd was like pissed off about it. Um, you know, they did a good job on SmackDown. on like setting up, you know, the feud for the future, I felt like. Um, they had a six-man tag with um, Randy and The Revival versus The New Day. Um, it was a really good match, um, and they got, like, the right amount of time and everything for the main events, um, and then at the end of the match, you had Randy, like, RKOing everyone, um, so you kind of set up the feud for, you know, the tag belts with the Revival, because the Revival Mm -hmm. actually got the pin on the New Day, and then, um, you had Randy, you know, you know, just looking like a monster out there again and everything, and getting his heat back, because it looked kind of weak, too, like, you know, closing it out with, you know, Kofi just beating the shot of him, no, hitting I, his finisher and everything. Mm-hmm. I thought Orton should have stood tall at the end of this. Yeah. Yeah, it just... What would you do then? Like, have him get in the kid's face, Kofi goes out there, you know, beats the shit yeah. beats the shit beats out of him, him, but then Randy hits the exactly. RKO and walks out. I think that's probably the right call, too. That would have that would have made a little more sense, you know, and then it would give Kofi a reason to challenge him and mm-hmm. everything. This worked. I, there was actually a point in the SmackDown match where um, he, like, starts to go after Kofi at the end of the match after, you know, the Revival got the pin, and I thought, like, oh, okay, he's just going to RKO him, but then he turned around and went over to Xavier and picked him up, and I was like, oh, is he going to fucking punt him in the head? <laughs> so I got really <laughs> excited <laughs> Because that right there, I know they won't do it again, but if they he punted everyone the fucking head, that would have been fantastic. Like, put the New Day on the shelf for, like, a week or two. Then you have, like, real fucking heat. <laughs> but WWE's not going to do that shit. So. Uh, maybe one day. Maybe yeah, one day. maybe. Maybe. I mean, they let the guys get super kicked over and over again. I mean, mm. the punt's not real. He's not really punting them in the head. 
So there's a way to do it, but whatever. <laughs> Pussies. <laughs> they don't want the kids at home punting each, each other. other in the head. <laughs> whatever. Well, then again, it feels like a parent's problem. <laughs> then again, with the next match, yes. we had um, the fiends. Versus Finn Balor. Yeah, do they want the kids to cap each other? <laughs> so, uh, what did you think of the match? Um, I I really liked the match because I really liked seeing the Fiend, but I thought Finn Balor got way too much offense. Yeah, it could have been shorter. Yes. and I understand you don't want to completely bury him, but he oh, is no. going away um, <laughs> for like two months, I guess. So I think it would have been okay, like him just completely mm. taken aback by it, even though he's also the demon and he kind of does the same shtick. Um, but well, that's what I would have been like. Oh, he easily defeated him here. Have him come back later as the DM. Yes, and I think they'll still do a that. Feud. I think that yeah. is down the line. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like a WrestleMania match. Um, so I feel like that will happen. But man, that fucking entrance was badass. That fucking entrance was yes. fantastic. <laughs> that head, the head lantern, uh-huh. that caught me by surprise. I was like, it was like, is that like supposed to be Jesus's head? Like, I, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what are you doing? How did this get past? <laughs> I was like, this is horrifying. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's Bray. It's yes. supposed to be his own head. I was like, what is this? Um, but it was it was a spectacle, man. And that, that that's an entrance. That's mm. what WWE does well is spectacle. Um, so I, it made him feel special. So I'm glad they went that route. The crowd was into it. I love the new music. Um, you know, it was just really, really well done. I love the exit too. Yes. Yes. With the little, the the turnaround and everything Mm -hmm. like that and the sound effect and fade to black. Like this felt the most modern, like Undertaker of an entrance we've seen. Yes. And I hope they keep him special like Mm -hmm. that. Like he was not on Raw or SmackDown this week. So, and I'm fine with that. Like, don't use him until you're ready for him. You know, there's no reason to just have him on every night. Make him feel special. You know, maybe next time you see him, it'll be back to Bray and the, you know, Firefly Funhouse and everything, you know, until we figure out who his new challenger Mm -hmm. is. So, um, and don't bring him back until you're ready for that feud to start. So, I mean, leave people wanting more. And that's what they did with The Undertaker, you know, back in the day. So... I'm okay with that. He does not need to be on Raw or SmackDown no, every night. I all. feel like the next time we should see him should just be Fox um, episode one. Yeah, yeah. Unless they have a program they want him to work Night of Champions. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that, you know. And even like tease it up with Firefly Fun Houses or something like that, you know. Um, but I want him, like, I want him to have the fucking title. <laughs> I'm ready. Like, I'm on board, man. I'm like, okay. Are you okay with how wishy-washy the fiend is? Because he seems like I like that. I like that he's like got that. that inner turmoil, you know. And like, I don't know if he's fighting because he started doing the uh, the sister out uh, Abigail, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then that's when he kind of like started getting in his own head, correct? Like he went for it, yeah. but then he couldn't get it. So there's there's probably a, a mini narrative there that I wasn't paying attention. And maybe to that much. was like, yeah, I think that was. I thought that was intriguing. I was like, okay, this is mm. cool, and I kind of thought they would go with that. Um, if they do do that, I want it to be something where it's like the crowd is interacting. So like the crowd saying hurt and heal, and he's like flipping back and forth. Like I think that would be a cool. Element. Like the crowd's dictating him flipping back and forth. Kind of. I think maybe not like hundred percent. Maybe they take like, his cue yes. and do it. I can't. I don't want him reacting. 
because they'll just take over the show. Um, but I see what you're saying, you know. Um, I think they'll get there with hmm. the hurt and heal, though. I definitely, especially with that song, you know. Um, yeah, man. But everything, just the perfect package. Well done. It's rare that they hit a home run nowadays, mm-hmm. and that was a home run. So, um, you know, it's sad that Finn, I, I hope he, I mean, it's, it's sad and weird that he's taking two months off like this. You know, I don't know if it's, they, they haven't said if it's due to injuries. It's been kind of undisclosed. So he doesn't seem like he's actually hurt. Um, but maybe it's good for his character. You know? Yeah. Um, I feel like he deserves a break. Oh, well, they all deserve a break. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's just, I hope that he doesn't get lost in the shuffle and it's frowned upon that he's taking the two months off. Because gotcha. they don't usually like shit like that. So um, I'm hoping that they have plans for him when he comes back. So, um, you know, because, I God, he's, he's one of their top baby faces, mm-hmm. whether they like it or not. You know, um, you know, I'm still holding out hope that he interacts with the club more. So we'll see what happens. They, didn't they do another? Um, yeah, it was either during the pre-show or during the actual show. There's a moment where they did another moment uh, for, I don't know why I'm saying moment so many times. Uh-huh. But um, okay. Finn Balor and the OC had an interaction. Did they? Yeah, I during missed the it pay-per-view, then. yes. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. During the pay-per-view or during the pre-show? Either during the pre-show or the pay-per-view. I can't remember, but they do what have happened? a moment. What happened? It's just, it was pretty much almost the exact same thing that happened last time. Where the they're club. celebrating and yeah. like Finn just looks at him <laughs> and shakes his head and walks out. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Okay. It's going to happen. I, I want. <laughs> I really wanted to see Finn as a heel. Um, so hopefully they're like, whatever. He knows how to do and it. And forget. <laughs> exactly. I think, and I think they'll be taking it back because we haven't seen that at all mm-hmm. in NXT, in, you know, uh, WWE. We have not seen him as a heel. And I think once Vince sees him as a heel, he'll be sold. You know, um, but unfortunately, I feel like he needs to be kind of taken down a rung in Vince's eyes for him just not to give a shit enough to let him turn mm-hmm. heel. Um, you know, I if he's a heel in the OC, I that will make that group so oh. much bigger. Oh yes, he'll be huge. Mm-hmm. It would get over. So, and that's what they need. You know, you want to talk about counter programming? You have like the best parts of the Bullet Club, arguably. You know, a lot of the original parts of the Bullet Club mm-hmm. in your company. You know, and why not use them utilize them you know because there's definitely a crossover between the fans of the elite and the newer bullet club and these you know yes in the wwe fans you know you know aj style fans and finn balor fans so why not use that you know so um you know even though they're not using the bullet club name anymore you know people that's what got them over in the first Mm. place so um all right so what do we have we have the main event next yep seth rollins versus brock lesnar all right christian um short sweet and simple you know it was you know you have um brock lesnar you know attacking him going at him a bunch and then he gets to stop and then it becomes a whole new like narrative going forward Mm -hmm. you know uh it kind of felt like something we've already seen with them already for me i don't know i i'm trying to remember his last match with him, I thought, felt almost exactly like this, where it was... Last match was, like, two minutes long. Was it? Yeah. That was WrestleMania. WrestleMania, where he, like, stomps and then automatically almost gets the win. He stomped him a few times. He's had to stomp him, like, three times. Yeah, I, that's like, what I was saying was at very the end of the short. match. Was like I was like, oh, the magic number for Brock is three stomps and you're winning. You know, I, but, I really enjoyed this match. So. I, I, it didn't do much for me. Really? I, I was just like, it's Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I thought it was the best match of the card. Really? By far. Yeah. Hmm. 
So I think I would thought it was a damn good match. Um, this is what I wanted from them. So I liked everything from like Seth uh, flipping out of the German suplexes. Um, I thought that was a nice touch and everything. Um, you know, I thought though there was a good back and forth between the guys. I felt like Brock was going to actually win at different points. Um, it felt like an actual match, which we haven't seen from them, like an actual match. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed that. Um, the frog splash on the outside of the ring was fantastic. Um, and the fact that he hit that again, there's a, like a desperation for Seth, like trying to get the pin. I, I, that was another, that was a part I didn't like was actually, cause his, you know, his ribs are, are injured. And he's doing frog splashes. Yeah, but he's just putting himself on the line. I like the fact that Brock actually used the fucking uh, bandages Mm -hmm. and threw him with that. I popped like crazy for that. That was fantastic. Brock is so fucking strong because he just deadlifted him and threw him. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I really enjoyed this match. I thought this was a well-done match. But this is what we get from Brock like when he wants to fucking wrestle. You know, like what we saw with him and AJ and what we saw yeah. with him with Finn and what we saw with Daniel Bryan. I was like, I expected to get like this out of them for this match just because, you know, we haven't really seen a match between the guys. Because the other two, the two times where we had the title chains, I mean, even with the Seth um, at WrestleMania all those years, you know, ago, it was such a quick, you know, match and he yeah. kind of inserted himself halfway through. Um, and then you had the WrestleMania match from this year, which was like literally two, three minutes at the most. Um, and then it was a, a cash-in. I forgot that started the show. That started the show, <laughs> you know. And then you had the cash-in with mm-hmm. um, Brock. So you haven't gotten like, you know, either, I think it was like 13 minutes long. You haven't gotten like a full match from these guys. So I was I was very happy with this because it felt like a motivated Brock. I was like, why can't you be like this all the damn time? <laughs> Um, Brock looked like a monster, but it told the story that they needed to tell too with Seth because what they were doing, you know, for the build up was not working. And he definitely like won the crowd back over at the end where, you know, it felt like, you know, I was saying last week, I was like, they need to turn him fucking heel. It's just not working, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the shit poor, like piss poor fucking, um, promo he did on Raw. <laughs> um, you know, it just, I don't know. They need to find what makes Seth you know, a baby face again. And I felt like this was a good start, you know, because this is what got him over all of last year was his wrestling, you know, his ring work. So, um, you know, and him prevailing against like all odds. So this was very much that, um, you know, I was just really impressed with the match. So, um, uh, did they do anything with Seth going forward? So going forward, he ended up AJ Styles came out, challenged him to a match on raw uh, they had the match. I can't even remember how it broke down. Uh, oh, the club just jumped him in the middle of the match. So they got sent out for some reason, you know, for interfering in the match. And then the club turned around and jumped uh, Seth. Ricochet ran down trying to help him out. Um, you know, they beat the shot of Ricochet. And then all of a sudden Braun Strowman came out. So then you had um, Braun Strowman saving the day. Everyone's standing tall at the end. Braun goes and grabs the title, brings it back in the ring, and then like slowly hands it to um, Seth. So you're gonna get a Seth versus Braun feud going, mm. you know, shortly. So I'll be interested how they do that. I don't know if we're gonna get like baby first first baby face here, or if we're going to you know turn one of them. Um, we'll see. So. 
Um, but Seth was over again, you know, mm. <laughs> um, which I was, I was where I was like, man, they're really hurting him. Like all the Becky shit, I felt like really took him down a notch, you know, and definitely, you know, what we saw this, you know, past couple weeks with him and Brock, but you know, they somehow salvaged it. Like people forgave that shitty fucking build up, you know, with, you know, a good match. I think so. people are just happy it's done. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe, maybe. Hopefully. So and long, as long as he's not fighting fucking Baron Corbin again, mm. I think people are oh. just happy that he's moving on. So, um, but you want to talk about a weird? I mean, you didn't have Daniel Bryan on the show. That's true. You didn't have Roman Reigns on the show. So they they had a moment, didn't they? Roman Reigns, no. Or oh, maybe it was just a recap of what's yeah. been going on. Yeah, no. It was very Braun wasn't on this show. Mm. You know, Drew wasn't on this show. <laughs> There's some big names not on this show. So, um, but overall, you know, I thought the show was okay. Um, it was actually a little better than I thought it was going to be. Um, so, if I was going to rate it out of five stars, I would probably give it. I would give it three and three quarters. Three and three quarters. Yes. Um, I'm probably going to keep it at 3.5. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I thought this was better. I just, I think the buildup is what hurt oh. this show. The, I mean, you but know. that seems like it's always the buildup. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. <laughs> but I, it felt like the matches were solid that we got. It just, you know, I didn't care much about the matches before they started, unfortunately. So that was my only, you know, qualm mm. about it. So I just feel like you have a SummerSlam, you know, pay-per-view and you don't have like two of your biggest stars, Roman Reigns and Dan O'Brien on it. It seems a little odd to me. Dan O'Brien should be on every one of your fucking like, you know, big shows. True. So just a waste. Um, so but we'll see what happens. Uh, we had uh, Roman Reigns have a fantastic match against Buddy Murphy on SmackDown. Um I was, you know, they announced the match and everything, and it, it was basically coming out of the aftermath of Buddy Murphy, mm-hmm. you know, witnessing what happened um, on SmackDown two weeks ago with everything falling on Roman. He was in the background now. I guess, supposedly, he wasn't actually supposed to be in the background. The camera just kind of caught him back there. So wow. they ended up actually working it into the angle. So it's kind of it's like... working out for him. Yes, a happy accident. <laughs> So he ended up getting a great match out of it, and they decided to put him over. I mean, he lost the match, but he definitely was the winner in the long run because he looked like a million dollars, and Roman sold the shit out of everything. I was surprised what they were allowed, what they were allowing him to do on Roman. Yes, like I saw yes. the highlights for this. Yeah, so like, wow. triggers and shit uh-huh. like that. He's going like straight New Japan <laughs> on his ass. I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, but it was, and Roman really put him over, you know, so I was really impressed with that. Hopefully, you know, it's not a case of like in the ne- next week, we just forget about him again. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he is in the King of the Ring tournament though. So I was, I was glad to see that. Well, um, Daniel Bryan, I guess, supposedly knows who did everything. Roman was trying to like, um, approach Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan about, you know, everything was going on, but Daniel Bryan says he actually knows who did it. And he'll reveal it next week. They've been doing this lately, though, where they're saying they're going to have something happen the following week, and then they don't deliver. Yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, but you... it was actually okay. It was well done. It's mm. be- it was much better than, you know, Joe and the fucking car accident and, you know, all the fucking shit falling on Roman. Who do you want it to be? 
No clue. I don't even know if I wanted to be anyone. So. <laughs> you wanted to end up just being I an know, Jimmy Hart. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. Um, you know, it makes more... I think the most sense for it to be Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. But it almost feels like they're swerving us and it's not Daniel Bryan at this point. Um, so I don't know who would be the big, you know... Reveal. What if it was Luke Harper and he was <sighs> returning... You know, one thing I started thinking, I was like, well, what if it was Eric Rowan, but Daniel Bryan wasn't in on it? And, like, what if Bray was, like, controlling Rowan? Like, what if it was a case of that? Where, like, Bray's actually, like, having, like, power over Rowan. God, that'd be interesting, but that's too well thought out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, maybe now that Bray's back, you know, also uh-huh. Rowan's underneath his, you know, sway again. Um, that's the only thing I could think of. But then I saw like, you know, SmackDown. I was like, okay, I don't think they're going that route, that direction. So, cause there's no hint of that mm-hmm. at least. But I'd love to see a sweet, like fleshy sheep mask. Uh-huh. Like for... that comes back, you know? I'm surprised they haven't had like a sheep puppet or something mm-hmm. on a uh, Firefly hunt, fun house. So, um, you know, Luke Harper would be fun, but then I think that would have to tie into Bray. And maybe they're going that direction. Maybe you'll get a Bray versus Roman feud. I just, if they do that, they need to put Bray over big time. You know, they need to keep this momentum and realize mm. that they've got the hot hand right now. Don't fuck it up. So, but yeah, well, otherwise I have no idea where they're going. Yeah. And they might not know. That, that you know, hearing stories like, you know, about like the Attitude Era, there was a lot of flying by the seat of their pants where they just wouldn't know and they were booking shit week to week. So I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't have a clue where this was ending up. So. It'd be great if it was Aleister Black. Where he's like a heel, though? That's fine with me. Yeah. He can go either way. It doesn't feel like his style, but. Um, it's going to end up being Baron Corbin. Corbin has not been on the show Uh since um, the pay-per-view, I believe. I think maybe the night before, or the night after he was there, but that was it. So So it sounds like this type of shit. Corbin's in the King of the Ring, though. Yes. Well, speaking of the King of the Ring. Could it be Seth? Would that be weird for him him being on Raw? Like maybe he wants to take him out before he challenges him for his title? Be a good way to turn Seth. It would be weird. They don't care about the fucking br- the brand split, though. Don't worry about that. Well, why would Seth want to go after Roman? Because Roman could challenge him for this belt. I guess. Maybe he's jealous that, I'm you know, Seth you is technically, from... you know, technically, you know, Seth is supposed to be the top guy, but really Roman is. You know? I Dude. I guess. I'm, I'm booking in a vacuum right now. <laughs> I have no fucking clue what they're doing. All right, well, so. we brought up the King of the Ring a couple of times. I was just, and we've mentioned a couple people. I figured, Damon, you could run down, let us know who is in. All right, so it sounds like uh, each of the brackets are going to be taking place on Raw and SmackDown. And I, I'm guessing, you know, it's just Raw guys on Raw. I, I honestly do not, like, I'm looking at the list of people that they have on the Raw side, and I, I was like, isn't he on SmackDown? Like, I have no clue who's <laughs> on what show anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, so for Raw, we have. Uh, the Miz, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro. Right. So that is the participants for the King of Ring on Raw. It's supposed to start next week, um, and I guess maybe they haven't like released the brackets. I'm guessing you get the first round matches next week, and then we move on. It's supposed to go all the way up to Night of Champions, um, where you'll have the final. So then on SmackDown, we have Kevin Owens, 
Ali, Apollo Crews, uh, Chad Gable, Elias, Andrade, Buddy Murphy, and Shelton Benjamin. I'm excited to see uh, Chad Gable versus Buddy Murphy, if that's a possibility in this bracket. Yes, I hope Chad Gable's not there just to lay down for mm-hmm. someone. Um, you know, that probably is the case, unfortunately. Um, my only issue with who they have in this tournament is I don't like seeing former champions in the King of the Ring. Like for me, mm. King of the Ring is supposed to be making a new star. You know, that's when it's they utilize yeah. the tournament for, you know, it's best. And they've had former champions in the past, like in the later years. But like, I don't, like Kevin Owens, I feel like doesn't belong in this. And The Miz, I feel like doesn't belong in this. Um, but it's fine, whatever. Like I, I would have much rather have it been a, like an upcoming star. Um, so I, there's going to be some great matches on this if they give them time, you know, and they take it seriously. Um, but I feels like this is going to be catered towards someone it's supposed to be used to get someone over. Um, who do you think they're they're gearing towards here? I don't know. Could it's be a, King Ricochet. That's that my first thought <laughs> because that is one of his right monikers. Yeah, monikers. <laughs> Um, but it'd be interesting if it was Buddy Murphy. If they just decided randomly, you know, let's let's go, let's give it a new guy. All because he was accidentally like in the yeah. background during that scene, and like, you know what? That's how <laughs> WWE works. That hey, fucking Kofi got a <laughs> exactly. title out of it. Um, I don't know. I I would like it to be true. Samoa Joe would be fun walking around with the fucking crown. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to push him as a heel again. They made sure to do that, like, this past week. Um, he came out and he said he he, he accepts uh, Roman's apology, but he doesn't accept the fans' apology, you know? And okay. Because at first it felt like, oh, he came, like, Sami Zayn was talking shit behind his back, so they had him confront him and then, like, challenge him to a match. Came out, choked him out. I was like, oh, shit, is he, like, they're turning him, like, completely face at this point? But then he got the mic and got his heat back right away. So, and then they had him fucking uh, pin Kevin Owens with Elias. Like, uh, watch that match. It's not much of a match, but Elias' count is hilarious in it. He literally, like, just hit the ground, like, twice, and it just ran out of the ring and gave the win to Joe. So, um, we'll see. I feel like they're probably turning him fa- uh, heel again just so they could turn him face later on in a bigger fashion. You know, which makes me say, why did you even bother having him react that way? Because <laughs> uh-huh. he literally could be like, oh, see, it's not me, and walked away from that car accident, you know? Which would have been way more Joe. Yes, exactly. It kind of took me out of the whole thing. I mean, the fact that the car wasn't even mashed up afterwards either, too, took me out of it. But, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, no, it really kind of took me out of everything. So it's just a little weird. I'm feeling Andrade for this list. Andrade had a strong showing against Ray. They had a two out of three falls match, um, and he won both falls rather quickly. So, and you had Ray kind of crying uh, in the locker room afterwards. I feel like talking about his family again, like how he's got to earn for his family. I was like, you are like a bona fide WWE <laughs> Hall of Famer. <laughs> You've held the championship multiple occasions. <laughs> Why is everyone so poor in the WWE? 
What the fuck is going on, Vince? What are you paying your people? They gotta pay their own travel, yeah. their own medical bills. Well, that's own. ridiculous. But yeah, I was like, what is going on? Why does he have everyone fucking like piss poor? You know, all his baby faces are fucking, you know, selling us the sob story. I don't, whatever. They're on food stamps, but yeah. He did, and literally the promo, I love Ray, but the promo is horrible. <laughs> She's like, well, so what does this mean? Like the interviewer, and I can't even remember who it was because they're all faceless at this point. Um, they don't give them any personality. But uh, Ray, Ray just kept on saying, my family, my family, in the microphone, over like at the end, over and over again. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I was like, did he forget his line? Like, <laughs> what's happening? So, um, yeah, it... I don't know. Anyway, so I don't. I, my fear is it's going to be Baron Corbin. That'd be horrible. That's my fear. My fear is because they were so behind him before a couple months mm-hmm. ago. They took him off camera, you know, for the last like month. You know, did they just do that to build him up again for the King of the Ring tournament? <sighs> You know, the booze will be. Oh my god, horrendous! Like I hope they realize, like literally, the equation is like Corbin equals people turning the channel because that's what happens. Mm -hmm. Like I have to watch the show because of this show, (laughs) Um, but I would be with everyone. So, and I think there's actually like analytics that show like once he's like on the screen, like the ratings go down, so like his segments like drop. So, yeah. It's not his fault. They, I mean, it really isn't. It's just the way they fucking booked him. Yeah. You know, they, God, I mean, he was on like fucking like eight segments per show at one point. So, like him and Shane were neck and neck, like who was getting fucking forced down our throat the most. So, um, I don't know, man. I drew... Drew would work mm. as the king of the ring, you know. I, I feel like they like to put the crown on like European guys. Um, we've seen Wade Barrett fucking win it. Mm. Uh, we saw Sheamus win it. So I wouldn't be surprised if you get, you know, it's not a bad choice. Drew with it and like kind of rebuilt his character. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't think Kevin's gonna get a shot. I think Shane's gonna cost him, you know, the the crown somehow to continue that feud. Um, I'm wondering if Ricochet gets, you know, beat up by the, the OC. Um, Imagine if Kevin Owens wins it just so that he can have that same Stone Cold moment. Yeah, I feel like that'd be so, like... <laughs> it would be terrible, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go true here, man. I'm gonna say true. What, who do you got? I'm gonna go with Andrade just because I feel like they've been wanting an excuse to put him over That'd for be a great. long time. And yeah, and I think this would be a good spot for him. I think maybe oh shit. Hmm. Yeah, I you know I could see that. If they don't go Drew, that I think they would go Andrade. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling you're gonna get a final of Drew versus Kevin Owens. And then Shane's gonna cost him the crown. It makes sense. Know, and then gonna coordinate, you know, Drew's the mm-hmm. king of the ring. So get him some steam again. So um, I like tournaments though. So I'm a fan of tournaments. Um, so I'm I'm actually kind of excited for it. You know, even though I know they'll shit the bed. <laughs> I always liked the King of the Ring back in the day. So oh. you know, maybe it's a little nostalgic for me, but you know, it is what it is. It's something. It's a it's a reason for the wrestlers to be out there wrestling. So 
Um, we don't need bad skits in between to, you know. Imagine if they were doing it G1 style. That would be fantastic. <laughs> They'll never do that, though. Vince McMahon doesn't even know what the G1 is. You know, he's in such a bubble. I'm sure he's never even heard of it. So, um, speaking of the G1, yes. let's talk the G1 Climax Finals. Um, Christian, can we run down what happened uh, the last couple nights of the G1? And, well, uh, yes. The A Block and the B Block. Alright, for A Block, Saturday, August 10th, we had Lance Archer defeating Evil. We had Bad Luck Fale defeating Sonata. We had Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Kenta. We had Will Ospreay defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. And we had... Kota Ibushi defeating Ohara. Alright, so any surprises there for you? I mean, I think it was pretty surprising still to see Ibushi defeat Okada. Yes, yes. Um, I was surprised by that, but that was actually to get into the finals. Yes. So, um, yeah, I was kind of, I was I was like, man, Okada's gonna fucking win this whole thing, mm-hmm. isn't he? So I was, I was pleasantly surprised by Ibushi winning. Um, I was surprised by Kenta losing, and I guess I shouldn't have been, you know, in hindsight. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then I was surprised by fucking Sonata losing to Bad Luck Fale after he got that huge win mm-hmm. over Okada. Okada yeah. Like, I, I, I understand wanting to get everyone, like, looking decent in the standings. And really, if you look at the standings a little later on, like, not many people, you know, came out of this looking, like, worse or for wear. Um, but, I mean, Sonata, I felt like, and he'll get his title match against Okada, but I, I didn't feel like this was a good place to have him fucking, you know, beat a pin, you know, after that big, you know, moment. So, alright, what happened in the B Block? On B Block, we had Jeff Cobb defeating Yano, we had Taichi defeating Ishii, we had Robinson defeating Moxley, we had Takagi defeating Goto, and we had Jay White defeating Naito. Now, this night was a little bit more important because we had no idea who was going to be the last two of this um, yes. block. This felt more up in the air, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, you know, you knew it was going to either be Ishii or Okada. Um, but, yeah, the fact that, you know, everyone was pretty even here. I think there was, like, four four people who could have, you know, made it into the finals, technically, math-wise. So um, I was definitely surprised that Jay White yes. ended up getting it. So I really thought it was going to be an Ido. Um, so, and I was a little taken aback by it. I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> I won't lie. So, um, we'll see what that means for Nido. Um, it was a damn good match, though. Mm-hmm. It really was. I mean, Jay White is really just, like, coming into his own as a heel. You know, he's such a classic heel, too. Um, I love everything that he's doing in the ring. It's just his work rate isn't as high as everyone else it feels like i mean he's a he's a great performer don't get me wrong it's just he he's not as like exceptional as you know in his craft as everyone mm. else you know and i mean he's a heel he's a classic heel you know there's like a, there's a like a train of thought of like you know heels shouldn't be fucking doing you know planches and fucking moonsaults and shit like that you know, they should be more ground and pound and dastardly. They shouldn't be doing moves that get over with the crowd. Um, so, and I don't know if that's really what, why he's working the style that he's working, but it is very classic, you know, 90s style heel. So, I'm still, I feel like he needs to work on talking still a little bit more. Really? I enjoy him on the mic. You don't like him on the mic? Like, maybe more when he is like actually like 
on the mic talking to the crowd and everything. Maybe he's, but when he's walking to the it's like ring, they can't understand me anyway. So <laughs> I'm gonna say what I want. Um, I don't know. Like I, I feel like he's not good at ad libbing. If that makes any mm, sense. Okay. Okay, I can see. That. I have to pay more attention to that because I'm, I'm kind of going off as like the press conferences afterwards. Mm. Um, so he just feels so slimy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the beard. The beard, I think, is working for him. He's not so like you know the pirate. Look. He doesn't look so young, and you know, I, oh. I don't know. Like he looks a little like grittier now. So, but yeah, I was definitely disappointed. Was it Nido? Yes, I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of dampened. Everything. Oh, I was behind Nido the whole time. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so, and then we got to the finals, um, and we had Coda going over Jay White. Um, Damn good match. Yes. You know, um, I it checked all the boxes and everything. I, I enjoyed the shit out of the match, and I really was expect like at, port, at points of the match, I really thought there was a chance that Jay White was going to actually win, which, I mean, was by design and mm-hmm. when you won. So I, I dug that aspect of it. So Coda really had to overcome something. It wasn't such, you know, just like, okay, well, this is totally one side that we know who's going to win this thing. So even though, like, going into the match, I felt like, oh, yeah, Coda's got this. Like, once we got into the mm-hmm. match, I was like, oh, shit, wait a second. <laughs> um, but we had some other happenings. Yes, that wasn't the only crazy thing to happen at the G1 Climax. So, during the finals, uh, you know, during the tag matches, we had Moxley uh, pin juice. So, um, it looks like you're going to be probably getting that match, I'm guessing, at Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, maybe at another show in the fall, but that feels like a Wrestle Kingdom match. Um, Moxley has said that he's, you know, he's free to go back whenever he wants. Um, so I can definitely see that being the case. And we kind of predicted that, you know, once things started getting down to the nitty gritty. I mean, there was part of me that wanted to see, you know, Moxley get into the finals at least. Um, you know, and they were booking him so strongly mm-hmm. first. But, you know, it kind of made sense. When you saw that they were facing each other on that last night, I was like, okay, we got juices going over here. So, um, and that was a damn good match, too. I really did enjoy that match. Um, then you had Suzuki fucking get a pin over Okada in a tag match. And he looked fucking amazing in that match. He looked like a monster. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but he's been, you know, that's been kind of storyline. Uh, going throughout the G1 with him in the tag matches and everything like that. Mm-hmm. He's just beating the shit out of people. Like, he's on this warpath because they've, like, discluded him from the G1. So it just, it was so perfect for a story. Um, it made so much sense that, uh, it was like, at first I was really disappointed that he wasn't in the G1. But now, seeing this, I was like, oh, this makes, this is awesome. This is a great story. Because um, it just, like, he seems scarier than ever mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> Because he no just decimated man his him. age should be able to like transition into a cross, um, cross crossface, crossface that easily uh-huh. and smoothly as he did it. Yes, yes. it was ridiculous. He's a damn good wrestler, he <laughs> but he feels real. Like he's someone that you literally like go on the other side of the street mm. and saw him walking. Like, <laughs> he's terrified, man. Um, but then the biggest fucking thing to come out of this night, you know, besides, you know, the, the champion of the G1, uh, the winner of the G1, uh, Kenta ends up joining the Bullet Club. Um, I was literally at the point of, like, is Kenta even coming back after this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, the way they booked him began, he lost, I think, like, three matches in a row um, after being booked so strongly. 
But then it seemed like it was all part of the plan, you know, um, and it was a great fucking angle. You had Kenta um, with Chaos teaming against the Bullet Club. Um, I forgot who goes for the tag. Was it Goto? Um, I don't remember. All right. Well, regardless, he turns around, <laughs> yes. jumps off the apron, you know, um, the crowd fucking just starts booing right away. Uh you know, Ishii's still holding it down, though, and, like, mm-hmm. beating the shit out of everyone in the ring. Um, and then fucking Kenta gets in and just demolishes them. And it's it's a great scene once everyone realizes what's going on. And then, out of fucking nowhere, fucking Shibata comes out. And the crowd fucking loses it. Like, mm-hmm. just... <laughs> I mean, there are people like I was losing up. it. Um, it was it was pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> it was an emotional moment. At first, I was like, "Oh, he's just confronting him. Like, what's gonna happen here?" And I thought, like, "Oh, he's just gonna beat beat his ass." You know, Kenta was gonna beat him down. You mm. know, um, you know, which would still be amazing because you know we haven't seen him get physical in so long. Um, but the fact that like Shibata just goes fucking off and starts fucking kicking him, goes to the yes. corner, hits his fucking drop kick. I mean, just amazing, amazing. Um, well done. They still get one up on him, you know, um, and then fucking, <laughs> fucking Kenta gets on his chest and fucking does the Shibata, you know, mm-hmm. move, you know, sitting crisscross. Just fucking cold-hearted shit, man. Um, so the rumor is, because right away everyone was like, okay, is Shibata coming back? You know, is this going to be a comeback for Shibata? Because it's crazy that they even, like, okayed him getting yes. physical in the ring at this point. He had bleeding on the fucking brain, for crying out loud. Um, right now, they're saying no. That was a one-off, that that's not, you know, possible, that they're not going to do it. And you could tell, too, there was points when they were, like, kind of, you know, duking out of the ring. It seemed like they were staying away from his head. You know, even Kenta, when he goes and kicks him, you know... He kind of like hesitated a little. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. And like aimed a little, like he started and then kind of like aimed a little lower. Um, so I, it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I believe them though. Because, you know, and this is just, you know, I've been swerved so many times throughout the years. Um, I just don't see them okaying him to do this and not being able to do some kind of match. Um, but right now they're saying no. They're saying no, um, but I don't know, man. I don't know if I believe them. You know, it'd be one hell of a Russell Kingdom match. It would, but he could die. Like, I don't <laughs> to risk his life. We didn't talk about it. Fucking Edge is out there spearing people oh, again. Yes. I was like, what the fuck? Because he, they are like, WWE's nuts when it comes to that shit. A lot of the reason why they booked the Raw reunion the way they did, because half those guys couldn't get cleared mm-hmm. for physical activity. <laughs> So, um, the fact that they let Edge out there and actually experience something was insane. And the fact that they fucking wasted it on a pre-show, too, was ridiculous. But, because uh, that could have been in the Kevin Owens match. Once you had Elias out there, because it was Elias that he speared. This is true, and it was weird to have Elias show up after that as well. Yes, you could have had Elias fucking mm. in the ring or something like that, you know, beforehand. Say some shitty thing about Edge, and then during that match, Edge comes out and spears him. You know, and then Kevin gets a win. How huge would have that been? But anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I don't know where they're going with this, though. So, I mean, it's a great way to fucking get Kenta over as a heel, though. Yes. So, um, 
you know. He, Not that he really needed it. Everyone hated him, apparently. Anyway. Yeah. But, it, <laughs> but once they had the chance to actually like, yes. outright boo him, they took it. So, and he gave them a good reason to. So, it was it was well done. You know, I really enjoyed it, you know. Um, and it feels like they did. Did they, did Jay White join the Bullet Club after the G1? Last um, year? Am I I feel like it wasn't right after the G1. Was it just soon after, maybe? Yeah, because I think he had that whole thing with Kenny first offering it to him, and then later on he shows up. Oh, no, that was the that was the year prior. Okay. He offers it to um, Jay White, but then Jay White turns on Kenny, and then he joins Chaos later on. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it was the next year that he joined the Bullet Club. So, um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I can't keep all this wrestling streams. <laughs> There's so much. Uh, but yeah, so we actually got an announcement after this card of what's happening next. Um, and everything kind of just set up, you know, the fall, which makes sense. Um, we have the Royal Quest happening on August 31st, which happens to be uh, all in. Um, so it's going to be another busy day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got... Okada versus Suzuki. You've got Tanahashi in uh, versus Saber for uh, the British Heavyweight Championship, mm-hmm. which they did tease during that um, uh, Suzuki match and everything. The tag match um, they had Saber getting in Tanahashi's face at the end. So, and then you have Kenta versus Ishii. Yes, for the Never Open Weight Championship. Yes. So overall, how do you feel about the G One? Um, I think this has been one of my favorites so far. Um, out of the last three. Yes, and that's all I've ever. You mm. know, I'm a new New Japan fan, obviously. So, but the past three, I've got to say, this has been my favorite overall. Um, just you know, matches wise, I mean, everything was just fucking stellar. Um, I rare it was rare to see it, like even a mid range match. Mm-hmm. You know, let alone a bad match. Um, that didn't happen, but um. Yeah, I, this has to be my favorite out of all of the past three years. Um, so since I've been watching, at least, um, just really well done. Um, who would be your uh, MVP? I'm I'm gonna have to give it to Ibushi, just in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to take it on the head and keep going through this whole entire well, thing. and working on the fucking bum ankle exactly and everything. And he definitely had to change his style and everything. So, I mean, that was fantastic. He definitely earned the win. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. I forgot to even mention him being, like, super humble even at the end. Mm. Like, say, it wasn't just me who was in this. It was everyone. (laughs) I was like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) man. He's, like, he's such a fucking, like, (laughs) classic baby face. Uh Um, He reminds me a lot of Steamboat. Like, just his mm. demeanor and everything like that. And just, like, he's such a pure baby face. It, it, just a lot. Like, just his, like, press conferences in the back and everything remind me of old school Steamboat. So, um, yeah, he is he is such a baby face right now. Um, Ishii, also, for me. I Fantastic mean, matches. Holy shit, man. Mm. He didn't have a bad match. I mean, he upped every fucking match, you know. Um, they are all fucking five-star matches with Ishii. So, I mean, he's amazing. Like, this has been eye-opening. Like, I always enjoyed Ishii. But, like, like I would not, like, flinch at all for them to put the belt on Ishii, you know, at some point. You know, and he's old. He's, I think he's in his early 40s. So, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, no, I mean, that guy's deserving. He really is, man. I mean, he brings up the card 100%. 
Um, every match, man, he he made it fucking just lights out. I mean, he real. I mean, he made other people look good. You know, um, so I just man, he does not get enough credit. So, um, but yeah, no. Uh, if you had to give it a star rating, um, I would give it a four point eight. Four point eight. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Docking two Decils. points uh, for Naito not getting into the finals. I'm going to give it a 4.5 because of the finals. Okay. I enjoyed the match. I just wish it was fucking Naito. Naito, yeah. You know? And that's that's my only grievance. You know? Um, and if it wasn't going to be Naito, I wish it was Moxley. Um, yeah. I think the only thing we haven't mentioned was um, Ibushi's uh, press conference. Yes, that was yesterday. I guess Ibushi, uh, which what I thought was a huge deal. I haven't seen much like many people talking mm. about it, but Ibushi said that he would love to actually go for the IC title also at Wrestle Kingdom. You know, since it is two nights, so like it really kind of raises the question: Could we actually get Naito, you know, in a championship match at Wrestle Kingdom still? Mm-hmm. Um, which if you look at the way they booked it, I was like, well, maybe that, that, that's how they go about it. Like maybe that's why they did what they did here. Um, because it is odd to have, um, like Okada and Ibushi facing off at Wrestle Kingdom when they actually had a match on the G1, you know, with mm-hmm. Ishii, you know, uh, not Ishii, with, uh, Kota like beating, um, Okada. So they, that's typically not what they do, it seems like. So, um, but if you, now you've got that two nights. So if you have maybe, like, do you, I mean, I guess you could put it together where you have Kota and Okada, you know, wrestle that first night. And then whoever wins gets a shot. Maybe it's title for title at, you know, for the the second night. Mm -hmm. You know, is that anticlimactic that way, though? I think... If I mean, the crowd, enough, I feel like, would... Oh, yeah, the crowd would be 100% behind. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you've been following Naito's story whatsoever, this is what he wanted mm-hmm. for how long? But does it take it away from Does it take away from the story of the fact that he didn't earn his way into that match? I mean, we've seen him win the G1 before, I guess. I mean, we've got time for him to just build up to there anyway. Yeah, maybe he goes on, like, a tear, and he's just defending that icy belt, mm-hmm. like, every night, and just, you know... Where it feels like okay, now he's definitely deserving. So, um, or maybe he ends up getting a win over Okada or something like that. Um, but then to make it more less predictable, do you have it set up stepwise where whoever wins, you know, that you know that championship match gets to fight Naito? The second one, yeah, yeah, where Okada could technically face Naito for that IC belt. Hmm. I mean, I mean, I would like to see it that way. Like, whoever wins the first main event is in the second main event, no mm-hmm. matter what. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise it'd be completely anticlimactic. Yeah. Like, you know, just be weird. <laughs> you just have Moxie show up. Out yeah. Of <laughs> um, so, I, it, just, it just completely caught me off guard. I, I totally forgot about the two nights. Mm-hmm. So, because, yeah, how do you book the main event of that second night? Yeah. Hey, since uh, Shota has, has to, like, you know, do his tour... Anyway, can he just go to AEW and follow Moxley? <laughs> <laughs> can they make that a team? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what's going on uh-huh. with AEW now. <laughs> Apparently, Omega was actually like there 
You know, people are saying that those are the rumors that Omega was no. actually there. Behind. I wouldn't be surprised. Probably visiting and everything like that, mm-hmm. but they're not going to advertise that. But hopefully he was able to, like, maybe talk some sense into the higher-ups. Um, but that's just me, you know, with wishful thinking. Because I, I don't see that happening anytime mm-hmm. soon. They can't be all that happy with him, so... Yeah, I just feel like it'd be, so, it'd be best for both parties, though, if they could work on some kind of agreement somewhere down the line. Because why not? You know, just bring as many eyes to the product as possible. Well, I'm going to read off these final results and then we'll close out the show. Okay. All right. So finishing it off, we had Ibushi with 14 points, Okada with 14 points, Ibushi, of course, winning. Uh, We have Sonata, Kenta, Tanahashi, Evil, Osprey, and Bad Luck Fale, and Zack Sabre Jr. all with eight points. And Lance Archer was six, meaning Lance would be the lowest amount of points for A Block. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still came out looking yeah. strong. Looked great. Yeah. Uh, we For B Block, we had Jay White with the most points with 12. Goto, uh, Moxley, and Naito all with 10. Yano, Ishii, Taichi, Robinson, um, Jeff Cobb, and Takagi all with eight. Yeah, look at that fucking booking, though. Exactly. To the get everything, yes. <laughs> no one comes out of this worse for wear. Uh, like, it's insane. So, um, yeah, well done. Yes. Well done. Bravo. All right, Dan. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, if you're heading out and you want to check out more awesome shows, head over to dramacityproductions.com. We have plenty of great shows over there, plenty of great guys, plenty of great podcasts. Yeah. All right. And you can also check us out over at popgoestheculture.com. There's also a lot of great podcasts over there. And you know what? Go ahead and find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. We're on iTunes, uh, Podbean, you name it, we're on it. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review as always. We're a small independent podcast, so we live off your feedback. Um, and if the app that you're using right now to listen to us isn't the, like, if you're not feeling it, not into it. And you want to get paid exactly. for listening to your favorite podcast. Check out Podcoin. That's right, PodCoin. Go ahead and download it right now. They pay you to listen. You get digital currency that you can use towards all your favorite gift cards. Target, Amazon, Starbucks, you name it, they've got it. And that goes for the podcast, too. They have literally every Mm. one of your favorite podcasts, (laughs) including us. And right now, if you want to get coins, you can go ahead and share our podcast with other uh, listeners. Or you can go ahead and use our special promo code. You can go ahead and type in Nurcho and you will get 300 coins to start you off. You're welcome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and before I forget, uh, not only can you get gift cards with your coins, yes. but you can also go ahead and donate those coins to charity. So they're doing great work over at uh, PodCoin. Go ahead and check them out. Uh, I also heard there's this great charity called Christian's Bank Account. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that's an option. <laughs> well, I mean, if they want to donate to that, they can head over to Tee Public today um, uh, or to Pro Wrestling Tees and pick up a sweet, amazing Nerd Show t-shirt. Yes, yes. Go ahead and support the show. Buy our merch. You know, we've got shirts. Got Tee Public. You can make anything. You know, literally yes. coffee mugs, calendars, pillows. wall art, pillows. Um, yeah, you name it, they've got it. So go ahead and get your nerd swag on and help support the show. Yes. Now, Damon, what are they listening to right now? Uh, you are listening to DJ Greg Bremner, uh, our house DJ. He uh, has great music over on SoundCloud you can go ahead and download. He has a couple themes that he actually has done for the show. So you can download 
those for free right now. Yes. Um, and then you can also give him a follow over on Instagram. He's constantly putting out new music. So if you like what you hear, go ahead and check him out. And then if you like what you heard at the top of the show, that's Them Guilty Aces, a great Chicago rockabilly band. Um, they've got tons of music over on iTunes, so, so go ahead and download their shit. And they've got tons of videos over on YouTube right now. Yes. So um, just an awesome band, awesome guys. If you ever are in the Chicagoland area, go ahead and check out a show. They pretty much play one every weekend. All right. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. Next week, we're going to get right back into comics. Yeah, we're. I think we're going to go ahead and finish our review for The Boys. Yes. I, I finally finished the show, so we'll go ahead and talk that. And who knows? Maybe yes. some surprises. Because <laughs> we don't know. So <laughs> It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and our brains are mush. So... Uh, that's gonna do it for this week. Yes, my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's the Amazing Nerd Show. even a 1% chance that he is our enemy, we have to take it as an absolute certainty.